following is an important message from the Nurses Guild of Florida. We know COVID has many scared, and many of our seniors are even afraid to go to the doctors. Just the thought of being exposed to all the people in the waiting room, in addition to the doctor's staff, is a risk many don't want to take right now. However, putting off health care makes most conditions worse. The Nurses Guild has the solution. One that exposes you to just one person. Call your doctor's office and have them order a nursing assessment from the Nurses Guild. We are a five-star Medicare home health agency. Your registered nurse in full PPE will perform a full head-to-toe assessment, vital signs and medication review, pulse oximetry, even an EKG if needed. Lab work and x-rays can also be done at home. Our registered nurse will discuss all of this strictly and directly with your doctor and get you results. All of our nurses and home health aides are fully screened, supervised, and COVID tested. Call the Nurses Guild today to arrange your home health visit at 954-596-9806 in Broward County and 561-826-8937 in Palm Beach County. Remember, health care put off is health care too late. Stay safe during the pandemic. Wear a mask and insist those around you wear a mask. Wash your hands frequently and stay home as much as possible. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall Weekly. I am joined by my co-host, Don Smith. How's it going? Yeah, get that drink you caught in. Me mid-sip. <laughs> caught me mid-sip, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that sip in. My other co-host, Mr. Christopher Rudder, who's also sipping. <laughs> How the hell is it going? I figured I'd go ahead and get the tip in before I had to say something. Yeah. <laughs> and to fill out the group tonight, my other co-host, Mr. Colin Washburn. You going to sip something, too? Yeah, guys, I got my coffee sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck it. I don't want to be out. Okay, there you go. Yeah. There we go. All right, so. <laughs> Everybody's got a sipper. That's what's up. <laughs> right off the bat, I would like to give a shout out to our brand new sponsor, guys. We have a sponsor at Realm of the Mist Entertainment. It is the Nurses Network. The, the uh, information to the Nurses Network will be Nurse, in the description no. down below. Uh, Don, if you want to, I know you're a little bit more read up than I am. If you want to tell a little bit about the Nurses Guild, you're just going to put me on the spot like that. I don't have I don't have my script with me, but no, the the, nurse, the nurses guild of Florida down in Boca Raton and, and West Palm Beach County. Uh, yeah. Oh, bless whoever that was. <laughs> they need the nurses. Uh, no, you, you can reach out to them. They're, they're the experts in home health care. You can reach out to them. Uh, check out uh, the nursesguild.com for information on those folks down there. They're doing great work. And again, the uh, information will be in the description. Not only the dot com, but also phone I wish, numbers. Uh, Good. I wish I had known the Nurses Guild whenever I had COVID a couple months ago. They probably could have helped me out a lot more than my uh, local yeah, hospital. They, they but, uh, actually yeah. do uh, in-home health care for folks with COVID. Because a lot of times you have an, have an elderly patient that's afraid to go to the doctor because they're afraid to catch COVID. Well, they can get a hold of the Nurses Guild, and the Nurses Guild will send somebody to uh, check on them. <laughs> So guys, yeah, that's awesome. So guys, commercial is coming on its way. We're going to have some shout outs along the way. You're going to see that peppered throughout the episodes. 
because we want to make sure that you guys get the best information that you can about the Nurses Guild, especially if you have somebody in need of in-home nursing care. Uh, check out the Nurses Guild, guys. That's all I can say on that. But now that I've said that and gotten that out of the way, let's go ahead and get this started. Don, you ready for the news buffet? When am I not? Oh, hey, Chris, before you count him in. God damn it. Go <laughs> I'm ahead, already Chris. recording. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. How are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. Before you count him in, do we want to do joke of the week? Yeah, we'll do it. And I'm not editing this. Fuck it. <laughs> the, <laughs> the trailer the trailer's already ran. <laughs> So, so you're not counting me in again. I just no, have to you're, go on the fly. You're already going. When to start. There you go. You're going. <laughs> hey, well, welcome to the news buffet. There's never a disaster here. Uh, why the news buffet? Because there's. Uh, it may not be very good, but there's a lot of it. We're going to dive right into it. At least I think we are. You know, we tried. We tried to dive right into it, and there was a. Uh, we dived into the shallow, shallow end. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it was the shallow end of the pool. A 72-year-old man in England died after being charged by a herd of cows, authorities said Friday, uh, marking the country's second such fatality in two weeks. The tragic death of Malcolm Flynn. It's interesting in the article they have tragic death in quotation marks. Like, it's... Yeah, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but apparently they didn't like him very much. The it, tragic death of Malcolm Flynn of Carlisle happened around 11.45 a.m. on September 11th when he was walking near Thurwall Castle in uh, Gisland, uh, Northumberland. Uh, Northumbria police said Flynn was with a companion when the cows charged across the field. Flynn was pronounced dead at the scene, which is uh, on the uh, Pennine Way, a national trail that stretches into Scotland. Over a week before Flynn's death, uh, teacher Dave Clark died after cows injured him while he was walking around Richmond, Richmond, North Yorkshire, according to The Guardian. So uh, apparently uh, cattle are on a rampage in England right now. That's that's scary stuff. That is frightening. It sounds like an utter (laughs) catastrophe. uh, uh, (laughs) Utter catastrophe, yes. And... (laughs) It took a minute. <laughs> it took a minute, but they got it. Just a random trampling by a herd of cows. But it was the second one in a week. That's the worst part. They're, 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 this 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 corral of cows seemed to be on a murder spree. Two in a week. Yeah, like, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And this is after the beefalo story from a couple of weeks ago. This is a whole different thing. <laughs> I think it is a full-on cattle uprising okay. right now. I see a Chick Fil A commercial out of this. Just get the footage of them <laughs> trampling everybody. It's like that's what it was. They were protesting. <laughs> they were protesting at the slaughterhouse. There's that one bad cow that turns it into a riot. Didn't that's I tell you? To eat, didn't I tell you to eat more chicken, bitch? That's the last thing. It started out. It was a peaceful cattle <laughs> protest. And all of a sudden, all it takes is one to, to, to run over an Englishman, and then you have a riot on your hand. Wait, are, are you insinuating this was Cal Tifa? We didn't have a false problem. Sorry, there were three people talking at once, and I missed all three of them. <laughs> Made it sound amazing, though. Go ahead, Cal. 
<laughs> all we got to do is let them cows loose in the states. We can solve a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah well, that's the. Uh, they they might have just had a beef with this guy. Oh. Uh, now I wish I would have had the sound the effect set up yeah, of the old lady from the Wendy's commercials. Where's the beef? The traditional 60th anniversary gift is a diamond, but what if it's a sandwich anniversary? Uh, an Illinois man recently celebrated the 60th anniversary of the day he grabbed then-Vice President Richard Nixon's unfinished sandwich on September 27. 1960, when the politician was visiting his hometown of Sullivan to give a speech. He has kept the sandwich ever since. Ugh. The Buffalo Barbecue Sandwich has gotten Steve Jen uh, invited on several TV shows, including The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. He even co-wrote a book about the sandwich that was published this year. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> My baloney yeah. has a first name. It's... <laughs> hey, at least you got to appear... At least he got to appear on the couch with Johnny Carson, and his book was released the same time the Chef of the Bushes, his cookbook just got released as well. So, like, this is a big White House cookbook oh, year, okay. apparently, or whatever the fuck, but at least he got to be on uh, the couch with Johnny Carson, or at least appear with him. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and, jo and Johnny Carson said, you can probably sell this to a museum, a very pathetic museum. <laughs> That's, that's so sitting here thinking, it's like, how much of a loser do you have to be that your claim to fame is you stole the president's sandwich? No, he was the vice president at the time. He didn't or, even know Nixon was going to be president. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't get to the president's sandwich. It was too well protected. <laughs> Not Donald this is way before the gold standard. Yeah, this is way before inflation. Right. But what can it really be worth? I mean, it's sandwich for crying out loud it's not the presidential sandwich it's the vice sandwich right well, that's it's the vice presidential sandwich you saying, couldn't even put not, that in a museum that's what i'm saying it's not it's not trump's toupee it's not uh michelle obama's cock piece it's it's a it's a fucking sandwich you know you stole his grilled cheese for god's yeah, sake well, <laughs> what, you, what you don't understand is a sandwich is on a regular bun going i'm not a croissant i'm not a croissant oh that was oh <laughs> Oh, that hurt me. Yeah, we're me. getting fucking That's yeah. I'm just I'm just here to injure people with my own stupidity. This is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when Serenity misses a show. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I am definitely injured. Uh, they say too much of a good thing. <laughs> they say too much of a good thing can be harmful, as was the case for one Massachusetts man whose love of black licorice almost cost him his life. In a, report, uh, re in a case report recently detailed in the New England Journal of Medicine, doctors revealed that a 54-year-old Massachusetts construction worker essentially overdosed on black licorice. The candy contains uh, <laughs> glycerhizic acid, uh, which caused the man's potassium levels to plummet. Dangerously low levels of potassium can lead to abnormal heart rhythms, high blood pressure, and in some cases, congestive heart failure. Even a small amount of licorice you eat can increase your blood pressure a little bit, Dr. Neil Butella, Butala, uh, not Nutella, that, that you know he was advertising for something then. Uh, <laughs> cardiologist at the um, Massachusetts General Hospital and one of the authors of the case report uh, in the uh, New England Journal of Medicine told the Associated Press. So there you go. Black licorice, not only disgusting, it's unhealthy. 
Gee, who never? Th- you know what? I I got this. I got this. Because there so is. Does anybody else remember the first time? <laughs> Look, all all I know. All, all I know is they've got the cure Wait, out there. Chris. They got the cure out there. If you want to fix the problem with black licorice, man, it's it's circus peanuts. Okay, that shit's like you know, to black licorice. Okay, just take care. of You know, because like if it doesn't, get, just throw it at the person dumb enough to eat licorice. It'll knock them the fuck out. Remember them peanuts, them styrofoam, fucking orange peanut things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. God, they're horrible. <laughs> the original pack. They are horrible. They are horrible. I wonder, like, how many of us actually remember the first time we ate a whole bunch of black licorice, and then you asked your mom, like, "I have green poop. Do you know why?" And it took. Your mom forever to figure out the fact that you ate like half a bag of black licorice to end up with this discolored brown, I guess is the right word. But uh, um, how many of you have went through that? And I can't did, be the only one. Never went through that. You didn't even know that it could have killed you. You yeah, could have died yeah. from that. See, I never. I, I hate black licorice. The grossest thing ever. See, there, there's, a, uh, there's a statement on here. There's picture and it has a statement on there the u.s food and drug administration warns that if you're 40 years of age or older eating two ounces of black licorice a day for at least two weeks could land you in the hospital with an irregular heart rhythm or arrhythmia due to the presence of the cup see the see the the play off of uh rudder's question no i've never done that with black licorice because i was out by black licorice after eating one or two and you go to spit and your spit is black the only time my mother has ever pointed out to me to look at my poop is after I got Oreos? after I got done eating corn, and she told me if I looked, my poop would smile <laughs> at me. Okay. The only time I ever had intestinal issues with candy was I learned that you shouldn't eat too much Sobe candy because that shit is a diuretic and a half. <laughs> like fuck. All, right. <laughs> all, all I wanted to do is talk about how black licorice was killing people, and you guys turned it into people. Story, I tell you, but every it's the same, and here we are. It's the same shit. Well, that's it. Time. Well, that's it. If it looks like shit, if it smells like shit, and it tastes like shit, <laughs> it must be black licorice. Must be black licorice. Yeah. Yeah. Look, let's be let's be real. Let's let hold on, hold on, hold. On. Let's be real for a minute. Black licorice. It's one of those candies, just like the fucking ribbing candies, if you remember them. They were the fucking candies your grandparents had that they would give you to punch. <laughs> grandparents have some candy? Here's some ribbing yeah, candy yeah. and black licorice. <laughs> well, if you, were, if you were a child of the 70s and you went to the movie theaters all the time with your parents, and they ate these candies back in the day that were called oh, jujubees, yeah. and if you were fortunate child like I was, your parents left all the black jujubees in the box. So you got to eat all the black licorice. So somehow or another, I developed this taste for black licorice. And then one day I ate a whole fucking bag of it. And then I went uh, crying to my mom about like, why does my shit look that way? Because it didn't look normal. I promise. Look, we'll be we'll be real. We'll be real about this. Things were rock hard, and they were supposed to be rubbery. You would bite into them, and it would bounce your jaw back. At what point, it would almost snap it off. Look, I remember. That. I remember those hell candies. Look, in my yeah, 
I'm thinking back in the day, candy was a luxury and expensive. So like during the depression and stuff, they would give all the kids this crappy candy that tastes like black licorice, so they wouldn't ask for it. That way, they would save money. Hey, you know, you know, it's worse. <laughs> They still, they still, they still buy this stuff, and they still try to eat it, pass it off as candy. But everybody knows that's not candy; that's garbage. It's gross. Nobody likes that. That's you know? horrible. That's child abuse waiting to happen. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. know. Yeah. And apparently, Colin has been alive since the 1900s. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's only one thing worse than black licorice, and that's white and pink licorice passing. Uh, black licorice passing off, passing off as white and pink, uh, otherwise known as good and plenty. Some things are. Oh, that's the, uh, good and yeah, that's just, that's just coated yeah. black licorice. Yeah. The cool thing I see now is they've got the different colored and flavored licorice. Like you can get strawberry, you can get lime, you can get orange or whatever. They've got Twizzlers got the whole lineup for you. Well, now. yo, the, yeah, and those are good. Licorice. Out, like big time out. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the the colorful ones. What's the good and plenty ones that have all the fruit flavors to them? I forget what they have a different name, but it's basically the same maker. Those are fine. But the pink and white ones, like, 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 uh, like, uh, like, Mike and Ike. Thank you. Mike and Ike. Yeah. Mike and Ike are fine, but the fucking good and plenty. Yeah. Take, take that shit back with your fucking, like, you know, 10 year old Twizzler fucking black. (laughs) Like the black vine. Judy Kashner admits being mildly amused when her estate received a letter from her bank claiming she had died. Uh, but when she and her husband couldn't refinance their home to help pay for a new septic tank, that's when the laughs ended, she said. Uh, my income was not available because I was deceased, Cashner said. She was 76 years old in Lincoln City, Oregon. Uh, Cashner later found out her bank, Wells Fargo, had passed along errant information about her death to three credit reporting agencies, making the problem worse. At first, I thought they just canceled a credit card, and it was kind of funny, Cashner said, but now... It's not funny. That's because you're dead. Don't let people continue to think you're dead. Because at some point, you're going to want to buy some new shit. See, I would love if some of my creditors thought I was dead because I owe way too much money. and I don't really want to buy anything else. But when it comes time to buy a new car later, I'm going to have to somehow be brought back to life or I ain't buying a damn thing. Fuck that. If I'm declared dead, I'm just going to have like my family members I've fucking put everything in their name. There you it. go. Have it in their, in their name. Yep. That's it. Look, I'm dead. I'll keep the cash. You guys handle everything else. Here's <laughs> <laughs> my credit card. When I'm dead, I'll just to pay for the party and they said somebody the bill, not me. I'll tell oh, you. Yeah, yeah. Just. Keep running up the credit cards until they catch up to the fact that you're dead. I will tell you what the first per, the first place that's gonna know I'm dead, whether it's a fake like an er, clerical error or I faked my own death or whatever else. The first place I'm letting know is fucking child support court. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm what? dead and gone. <laughs> I am deceased. <laughs> <laughs> That's even, even, even call the ex-wife and say, yeah, you, you wish me dead. Here I am. That's Thanks. it. I'm not Chris. Chris is dead. I'm his evil cousin, Larry. Exactly. <laughs> I've been dead for 12 years, you motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> 
Good God. I, <laughs> how freeing. You know, like she she took it as a joke, but let's be honest, up until she was trying to refinance the house or whatever, how freeing was it for her to think, well, fuck, everybody thinks I'm dead. That's no more taxes. That's no more fucking credit card bills. Yeah. Dude, that must have been freeing as shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope she had a hell of a yeah. life insurance posi- policy and her husband collected on that shit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If, if, his, if her husband was still boning it, her, it would that be considered necrophilia? Right. <laughs> What's that? If her husband was still boning her after she was declared dead, would that be considered necrophilia? Oh, well, she was 76. It already was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. Once you reach a certain yeah. age, you're pretty much fucking dead if you're still going at <laughs> God damn. It what? makes you wonder, like, how many times from the, like, 70s and 80s and early 90s, things like that actually happened. Oh, yeah. And we're, people we're, just went on living on their property, and, and they were considered dead, but... They were still there for like twenty fucking years, and the state yeah. never looked at it or did anything. God, so I'm sure there's thousands of, of examples like that. God damn it, Doris! You were declared dead three months ago, and you're still haunting this fucking place. Go away! <laughs> what do you want for Christmas, God damn it? Yeah. Uh, a Tennessee woman. A Tennessee woman broke a Guinness World Record. <laughs> By hugging a tree in a Chattanooga park for 10 hours and 5 minutes. Adrian Long spent 10 hours and 5 minutes with her arms wrapped around a walnut tree at Heritage Park in Chattanooga's Brainerd neighborhood uh, to break the previous tree-hugging record, which stood at 8 hours and 15 minutes. Uh, Long's, Long's friend Sarah Medley, owner of, a stu- of Studio 59 Aveda Salon and Spa, that's a good plug for their business, Organized activities for long spectators, yeah. including dance, yoga, and guided meditation during the attempt. The attempt was live-streamed on the World Record Tree Hug page on Facebook. Uh, Long's feet raised money for the local Autobahn Society. Of course it did. She's a tree hugger. Sponsored by Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. There's no one in the system who did this longer. Are you that's, serious? That's... There has to have been like an, an original tree hugger, hugger who did this longer. But yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's all about it being recorded and certified by Guinness. That's the only way. Because that really doesn't seem like that hard of a, a record to break. Of course, I haven't had my. I haven't. I haven't no. been wrapped around a tree for no. any length of time, so I'm not sure the muscles involved and how sore I would get. Yeah, the last, <laughs> the last time, the last time Don was wrapped around a tree, a lot of alcohol yeah, somebody, was involved. If somebody <laughs> supplied, oh, yeah. any any time you find your if somebody supplied, if somebody supplied, me with, if somebody supplied me with enough weed and alcohol, I guarantee it, I can blow this fucking away. Look, I think no we problem. have a breaking the fourth wall challenge. Look, I, I, you know what? I take it. I take it this way. This, this woman here is wife material because she's willing to fucking <laughs> hug on wood for ten hours with all them nuts all over the place. That's a keeper. Oh, she's, oh, she's oh yeah, down oh, yeah. She, she's a trooper. Yeah, she's down for whatever. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely a trooper. Because you, because you know, you're, you're hugging a tree for that long. It's a walnut tree. There's bound to be some falling. You know, she took a nut in the face from time to time. Like I said, she's a well, keeper. Well, she has already, but yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, how long does it Ten take? Ten hours to and five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, 
uh, <laughs> apparently as long as you want. I mean, it probably apparently doesn't. Apparently, twelve hours and fucking eight minutes. Yeah. All right. Apparently, it does. It doesn't take as long to initiate the hug as it. It's all how long. <laughs> you it's all in how long you kind of initiate a good hug. What actually? In the, seconds. What actually? What actually defines a good hug? Do you have to have both arms and both legs around like you're suspended in air hugging the tree? Or can yeah, you just lean that, in that and hug the tree? Yeah. That would definitely make that would make a big yeah, yeah. That would make that something of it, something of a record to break right there. If you have to have like all wrapped yeah. around. Yeah, like if you're like arms legs wrapped around this fucking tree, you know, fucking hanging off for fucking dear life. You know, fucking that could last 12 minutes if you're doing your legs too. <laughs> well, wait, well, wait. That, that, you guys bring up a good point. Like, what kind of a hug does it constitute? I mean, will a bro hug work? Like, one arm? Right. Well, you just, <laughs> just lean in and you bro hug it? Just one arm. You know, can you go ass out? Can I go ass out? You know, keep my feet two feet away from you? Kind of deal? Yeah. yeah. Bro hug it. I think there's some branch nubs we don't know about involved here. Uh, <laughs> That's her that was her nickname when it was over. Like this award goes to Nubby. Yep. <laughs> and her bro hugging That's how she stayed up there for 10, 12 hours. <laughs> you would be doing is that technically like like that's a bottom guard mount in jujitsu ju where you're like yeah so it has to be the bro hug because if not you're doing like a jujitsu hold on a tree yeah but if she's fucking like <laughs> yeah but if she's holding if she's holding that tree so somebody might not have the jujitsu hug tree the jujitsu hug tree record. that could be the one you go for look look all they I'm saying instead of the Instead of the electric uh, electric chair, chair like any Bravo says, you, you'd be doing the bark burn. Oh, yeah, that's but, uh, that's really fucked up. Yeah, but you guys, <laughs> let's, let's 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 think about this for a second. If she was doing it the way, and, and we should have had pictures for this, but if she was doing it the way Chris was describing it, where like arms and legs are completely <laughs> around for ten hours, I want to see her on the fucking mechanical bull. Oh yeah, amazing. I want to see some mechanical bull hugging right now. Yeah. <laughs> Eight seconds ain't shit for that chick. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, bathroom break to bring in this venture? I mean, I, I, I just, would she have a cup or something? Oh, look. Oh, you just gotta hang on. You just on the fucking tree, dude. Take a lesson. Damn it. Yep, take a lesson from a tree hugger. You just go when you gotta go. That's it, man. Uh, you just tell you just tell everybody that's spectating yeah, that the sap's the coming out. <laughs> yep. All right, we're we're gonna do one more. We're gonna do one more if you get Vietnamese <laughs> Vietnamese, not one more tree. <laughs> one one more knot hole. We're gonna do one more knot hole, and then I'm gonna be finished. I need a nap and a cigarette. Not <laughs> we we're gonna be yeah. calling Don Woody Woodpecker. 
<laughs> uh, Vietnamese police said they will investigate a factory that was found recycling about 320,000 used condoms for resale, local media reported I Thursday. I saw this. Uh, following a tip, <laughs> they got a tip. Following a tip from a local resident, Ben Dong. <laughs> ben Dong. They got a tip from Dong that they were recycling condoms. <laughs> You are shitting me. <laughs> I can't hang on, hang on, hang on. Ben, ben, Dong, ben Dong asked, why is this condom lubricated on the inside? Did <laughs> <laughs> you just turn him inside out at that point? <laughs> that, that's Ben Dong right there. He's just like, for her pleasure, my ass. <laughs> uh, provincial market inspectors over the raided a, raided a factory near Ho Chi Minh City where they found used condoms being repacked for sale at the at the market. The oh, state yeah, owned, uh, newspaper reported a market inspector said the owner of the factory, a 34 year old woman, <laughs> collected them all, uh, confessed that they bought the used condoms from a man in the province. The condoms were washed. Reshaped? How do you misshape them? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know those, you know those, you know those peckers are shaped like hockey sticks. Yeah, you got to straighten it back out. Some guys are, some guys are cans of beer. Some guys are ears of corn. You know, you got to reshape them, shrink them, the soup you know, cans, stretch them out. Yeah. Uh, Watch out for the cheese wheel. <laughs> Watch out! Watch out for the cheese wheel. He may not reach bottom, but he will stretch out the sides. Oh fuck yeah! The cheese wheel is the fucking kiss of death. Yeah. The package didn't see it. Reshaping it. You have to re-roll them too. Do you put them on and then just take them off backwards? Because somebody's going to have to do that. They're going to. And how do you know, how do you know which side is inside out? Like, after it's been used, how do you actually know which side is the outside or inside? Well, which side the ribs are raised yeah. on? Yeah, on rip, not you know, that's the whole point well, of the rip. If you're dealing with those, but for a regular condom, a guy's used them, he's obviously jizzed in it. How do you know the inside from the outside on a regular one? By the taste. Lubricant tastes different than semen. <laughs> you lick one side, it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Colin told me. <laughs> That's so horrible. I should have known. How much I, did I, they I, pay you that? I was going to know the answer to that. <laughs> How much did they pay an hour for that job? That's what I was. Not enough, but it is all you can eat. <laughs> oh, Tastes so, like hey, Nutella. That, that is... <laughs> I know that was a lot to swallow, but that's your news for this week. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot to take in, Don. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. Slightly, How about joke of the week? Slightly used cheese wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have an episode title. There it is. <laughs> Let's get to the joke of the week. Take, Take my, my wife, wife please. please. 
Hey, what's up, guys? We're popping in a segment we haven't done in a while. It's the joke of the hey. week. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh, Chris start this one off because I know he's chomping at the bit for his joke. Sorry. No, not really. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so this <laughs> this woman walks on a bus. <laughs> this woman walks on a bus. She has a baby carrier with her, and the bus driver looks at her, looks at the baby carrier, and he says, "I'm sorry, ugly babies have to ride in the back." Damn. She looks at him. She looks at the rest of the bus. Kind of curses under her breath. Puts her dollar in the bus machine, you know, for the token. Walks to the back. Sits down. Sets the baby next. In between her and this old man who's on the back row. She's cussing under her breath. This motherfucker. The old man looks at her and says, ma'am, what's wrong? She says, the bus driver won't let ugly babies on the bus unless they sit in the back. And he's like, well, do you have something to say to the bus driver? She goes, yeah, I have a lot to fucking say to the bus driver. The old man says, well, give me your monkey and go tell him off. <laughs> oh, God damn. All right, most of you guys, I'll throw one out there. Most of you guys will probably say it's way too soon. Yeah, most of you guys will probably say it's way too soon, but I'll throw it out there anyway. What does Michael Jackson and Kmart have in common? Oh, fuck. They have little kids' pants half off. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right, a bonus one. I'll throw, I'll throw a bonus one in just for the fun of it. Everybody re remember Lorena Bobbitt? Oh, yeah. Why was, oh, yeah. She, why was she acquitted? Yeah. They couldn't get the evidence to stand up in court. Uh, yeah. There, there's my, there's my two terrible ones for you guys. Oh. <laughs> All right, I got one for you. Why don't elephants? Let me let me, let me hold your let me hold your baby monkey and you go tell the bus driver. Why don't elephants smoke? What was that? What was that, Colin? Uh, uh, why don't elephants smoke? Why? Because they can't fit their butts in the ashtray. Oh, that's a dad joke right there. <laughs> oh, that's like one of those ones you see on the popsicle sticks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a little better one for you. So there's a monkey watching the bar. <laughs> What's that? Not monkey, mind you. Um, the monkey walks into a bar. Uh, he sits down at the end of the bar, and he says, "Bartender, you got any bananas?" And the bartender says, "No, I ain't got no bananas. Uh, he says, I just got beer and liquor." He says, "All right, I'll take a beer." So he takes his beer and looks around all over the bar and says, "Hey, bartender, you got any bananas?" He says, "No, I, I told you before, I ain't got bananas. All I got is beer and liquor." So he says, "I'll take a beer." So he drinks his beer and he looks at the bartender and one more time. He says, "Hey, bartender, you got any bananas?" He says, "Uh." No, man, I ain't got no bananas. And if you ask me that one more time, I'm going to nail your free little butt to the bar. He says, okay, I'll take a beer. So uh, one more time, he looks at the bartender and he says, hey, bartender, you got any nails? He says, well, no. He says, ha, ah, you got any bananas? Yeah. <laughs> Do we lose Chris? All right, here he comes. No. All right. I had to go first. <laughs> 
He went and held his monkey. Let me hold your baby monkey. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's, not, that's so bad. That's such a horrible joke, but it's funny. Yeah. As fuck. <laughs> he went. He well, went he... and got a. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. I'm a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't my type of jokes. Well, all right. I'll, I'll throw one more out because because uh, Colin kind of reminded me I one. Share my life, and that seems to be funny enough for most people. There you go. Well, I, I've got I've Most, got one I've yeah. got one more to try to redeem myself. It was one that I was reminded of listening to Colin's uh, bartender joke. Uh, guy walks into a bar, orders a beer, and as he's sitting down drinking a beer, he notices across the room a little short leprechaun uh, sitting across the bar. So he goes to the bartender and he says, "Hey, what what's a dude over there?" He says, "Oh, he's a leprechaun." I said, "No shit." He said, "Yeah, just watch out for him. He's got a real w- wicked personality." So okay. So as he's sitting there drinking a beer, the leprechaun takes notice of him staring at him, gets up, walks over, spits in the guy's face, and then walks away. And the guy's surprised. He's like, what the fuck? And he wipes the spit off his face, and he says, he calls the bartender over. He says, hey, hey, I'm going to let it go this time, but tell that motherfucker if he comes over here again, I'm going to fucking knock him the fuck out. Bartender relays him. He's like, I can handle my own. Just give me another beer. Bartender gives the leprechaun another beer. He drinks the beer back, waits a couple minutes. All of a sudden, gets up, walks over to the guy again, spits in his face, and walks away. Guy wipes the spit off his face and says, Motherfucker. Calls the bartender over and says, You tell that little bastard one more time. If he comes over here, I swear to God, I'm going to kill him. Leprechaun, or excuse me, the bartender relays the message to the leprechaun. He says, I can hold my own. Just give me another shot. So, okay. So he takes a shot. He kicks it back. Couple minutes later, he gets up and he starts walking over to the dude. Dude sees him coming, stops him, and says, "Hey, I don't know why you keep coming over here and spitting in my face, but I swear to God, if you do it one more time, I'm gonna rip your dick off and beat you with it." The leprechaun sit, leans back, uh, smugly smiling, and says, "Obviously, you don't know about leprechauns, sir. See, we don't have no dicks." The guy loses his anger real quick, and he's just like, "Wait a minute, if you don't have a dick, how the fuck do you piss?" The leprechaun goes. <laughs> spits spits at him again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for the joke of the week. Uh, I hope we annoyed you. <laughs> Stay tuned. We're coming back oh, with... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. We're going to come back with a little bit of what's your effing deal. Hold my monkey. <laughs> Hold my monkey. I'm about to get my ass beat for making him sit in the back. <laughs> What's your FN deal? Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> We're doing your segment. <laughs> We're doing it from the back of the bus. What's your FN deal? <laughs> My bad. What's your deal? There it is right there. <laughs> All right, come on. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of What's Your Effing Deal? Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and this week I'm using uh, Colin Washburn to be a good uh, collaborator with me on this. Uh, the subject was brought up earlier this week about the hubbub surrounding the Netflix original of Cuties. If you're looking at Facebook, you're going to see a lot of headlines that put it in a really bad light. 
And there is some bad lighting that goes along with this documentary. But if you're able to take a deeper dive into what's going on, you're actually able to see a coming of age of a young lady who's actually uh, Hindu by birth. She's a black lady, a black young lady in, Fr in France, and she's trying to fit in. She's trying to do what she thinks is going to make her popular. And this is a very coming of age story that's oh, very similar to wait, wait before you it's perfect before you dig. Up. Before you dig, before you dig too deep into it, uh, just one thing I want to clarify: you you call this a documentary? Is this a, a a documentary based on a true story, or is it like a mockumentary where it's a it's a made up thing, but it's using kind of like real life scenarios in it? It's a documentary done done in film style. Okay, it it is an actual story, but it is a documentary. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, what they're doing is they're actually taking a, a look at this eleven year old girl who is surrounded by these 11, 12, 13-year-olds, the, uh, the mean girls group or the super popular group, who in this school that is a arts school is very involved in dance, interpretive dance. So they're all doing what they see on popular culture. Hang on before hang on just a second before we have questions. Let me go through this part of it. Oh, I didn't say And then, then we can have open questions. Right. So uh, what what they're doing is they're going. This is a art school where they're doing interpretive dance, and these young ladies who are super popular, where this young uh, Hindu young lady is coming into school from out of country, she's seeing these popular girls. She wants to be one of the popular popular girls, and they're all mimicking the videos that they see on MTV of of. Mature women like Nicki Minaj, like Bacardi B, all of these other groups where they're doing, doing the twerking and all of this other stuff. So there's two different dynamics going on here. You have a coming-of-age story very similar to what you see in Step Up and in Pitch Perfect. Um, but they're doing it with a little bit of a younger age group, kind of like what they did with um, – <clears throat> sorry – uh, 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 kind of like what they did with the Net Netflix original Stranger Things, where you see a much younger group of kids coming of age, kind of like what they did in It as well. But you're seeing this popular culture merging going on, where you see these girls who are trying to be fit in with the popular crowd, doing what they see on TV, and how it's being exploitive. And this is very, it's drawing a very strong parallel to what we see in America with these young girls doing these beauty pageants. You're dealing with the John Bonet Ramseys of the world, where they're 8 to 10, 12, 13 years old, being dressed up, lipstick, blushed, having the wig put on and the pr provocative outfits, doing the provocative uh, routines as well, singing uh, pr provocative songs, adult songs at the very least. And, Colin, whenever you were able to watch it, you hadn't actually seen any of the headlines, which if you watch most of the groups on Facebook, they're talking about blacking out Netflix, uh, dropping it, blah, 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 all of this other stuff without having actually seen any of the source material. So, Colin, what do you think, man? Um, well, I had heard from you guys that there was this about this movie and um, we discussed maybe we should check it out to see what it's all about just to see um, 
if it was for real, if they were portraying it right through the media, if it was advertised right, or if it was what it was, or if it was something else that was more deviant, or, or if there was anything to it, what everybody was talking about. And I didn't see any of the advertisements or anything like that. I just went on Netflix and checked it out. I was like, well, okay, here you go. Uh, what is what it is. And I, I saw it as like a coming-of-age type of situation where this 11-year-old girls are actually learning about their own sexuality. They're, they're learning what they can find on YouTube, these different dance routines and these different um, dance-off contests that they get themselves into and how they're influenced by all the older girls. They're under the spell of, oh, I want to be like the older girls, like the older girls. You know, so they're doing all these things and these moves and stuff like this, and 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 you gotta you know take the setting into account too because it was made in France, and of course they're a little more liberal with all of their provocativeness and all the naked statues they have everywhere and stuff like that. Um, so I took that into account when I watched it. Um, but I do think that it's something that I I wouldn't recommend to have young children watch. Um, I think if anything, you know, oh. if you have a daughter. Yeah. Uh, or a son, and they're of that age, if you do watch it, watch it with them and explain to them this is the portrayal of what the society is throwing at young people and you need to be aware of this and not react like these girls are because some of this is not quite right the way they act or respond. Um, but that's how our society learns is by portraying these things so we can understand this. these are the influences and the things that are, are going into the minds of 11-year-old girls now and, and where that going to lead them to lead them astray i could see how young girls could easily get swept away and sucked into bad things and bad influences because of the influences surrounding them today all right well let me let me ask you guys because uh, i didn't this watch is very uh, yeah uh because i didn't watch the film because my my 10 year old i had over the weekend my son, and in case this movie was as bad as it was being portrayed in social media and all the places i didn't want to take the chance of him this film and, and having to do exactly what Colin just said about sitting down and explaining and everything else to a 10 year old who's more interested in video games anyway but uh, you know I, I'm caught on a couple things that you guys said and it, it, it hasn't alleviated my, my fear of this film yet uh, one of the things you guys keep mentioning is coming of age, granted for girls but coming of age and when I think of coming of age movies I think of things like Stand By Me I think of like fucking uh, Sam I think of the Goonies. I think of Explorers, you know, where they were more wholesome in so their storytelling. As a, who was... Well, what I'm, I, I know, I know, it sounds like I'm, I'm pointing out all the guys. You're flicks. thinking of somebody who was raised in the. Well, you're also thinking of somebody who was raised in the '80s and '90s, and whenever you look at the proliferation of everything that's available for a kid to see at a push of a button. What better example, you know, right now we're all, there's a lot of school districts where people are up in arms where they're teaching sexual education at a very young age, third, fourth, fifth grade, mutual masturbation in the eighth grade. This is being taught in some school districts right now. I know. So what better opportunity could you have to be able to sit down with your young kid who's 10 years old and say, hey, look, this is what society's pushing on you, but this is what mom and dad thinks is right. All right, but let me let like, me. This is a very good storytelling deal. Right, but as far as far as like a a, a marketed 
a marketed piece of a material. I understand that that there's a a narrative there that is supposed to be this is what society is becoming, this is what society is pushing on your young girls. But at the same time, we're putting this on film with 11, 10-year-old girls dressing and dancing and acting yep. so provocatively. Is this is this or is this not? child exploitation i don't forget the narrative for a minute you're seeing the little girls on scene doing this on screen doing this shit anyway is this not still pedophile spank material there there's a lot of uh misdirection going on here because have you watched two hours of prime time of the disney channel right now no because i have an education you will see the same thing and it doesn't make it right. Well, but your kids don't, brother. That's the thing. Well, you see, this this whole... It doesn't make it right or right. wrong. This is an opportunity as parents for us to be able to sit down in something that's being blasted all over social media, which your kids watch more than we do. We only use it for, the, for things that we find beneficial. Kids look at social media every second of the day. That's what influences how they dress, what they watch, who they talk to, how they talk to them. And this is an opportunity for us as parents to be able to sit down and have an honest discussion with our 10 or 11, 12-year-old. We think it's too innocent to have this talk to, but believe me, they are being blasted with way more than you think. Well, let me... And this is an opportunity for, for us to be able to sit down and say something in a positive light as parents well, and say, this is right, this is wrong. And use it right. in an artistic form because the kids actually aren't being exploited. They're just showing the day to day of these kids who are going through this that are happening right under our noses right now. I All agree. Right. I agree. Chris. Right. I think that um, parents could use this as a tool to open the door, maybe to have that conversation about sexuality with their child and, um, because of the provocative dance and things they might say. Well, you know, there's some stuff here that. We should talk about like how is well how is the child's reaction, how is the parent's reaction to it, and yeah, they may have gone a little bit farther than um, a normal director in the U.S. would have gone as far as uh, portraying the dance, but from my point of view, see, I grew up around uh, exotic dancers, so to me, these girls looked a lot like the dancers' daughters that I grew up knowing and meeting, and and um, they danced just like yeah. their mom did, um, uh, who was an exotic dancer. They were mimicking what they were. Right, they were mimicking. Yeah, they mimicked the what adult women that they, they looked up to. Um, so they were mimicking that portrayal, and um, it's no different than it is today when you're looking at videos of all these, um, you know, Nicki Minaj and and the different uh, Beyonce and all this stuff. It, little girls look up to that, and and that's that's the portrayal thing there. But the danger is that yep. how young do we allow them to get into that? thing where they get into that mindset and they're like oh all about the makeup and the, and the, the bling and and <coughs> well look and, and the problem is, is if your kid is only nine or ten years old or maybe maybe 11 and they already know about it and you're not talking to them about it then you're leaving a very wide open door well, and look. and this is one of those things that 
you know, as a parent, I, I have a daughter, and whenever she was young growing up, I blocked out BET, MTV, all that stuff. I did not allow her to watch any of it. I knew she could see it at her friends, and she could see it with other stuff. Now you have kids that have 24 24-hour 24 access to YouTube and every other social medium there is out there. They see this stuff constantly. And if, if we don't talk about it with them and use this, watch it yourself first, and then use this as a very comfortable way to talk about, you know, hey, we, we don't do this for, for this reason. We don't allow, we don't look like, we don't look at this very well because of this reason. This is our family value about this situation. This is a great setup for that, uh, really. It, it's not, uh, Netflix made the huge, bad decision of using the wrong poster for this movie uh, because right. that that poster you see is not in the movie that's the thing it's not even there it was cut out so it, they used a very bad movie poster to exploit the movie and that's more Netflix's deal than anybody else's but as parents we can use this as a very teachable thing well look really. well look I uh... Understand, I, I I'm kind of on the fence about all of this because growing up as a musician since I was 13 years old, I'm 43 now. I, of course, I battled against censorship. You know, I grew up in the era of the Tipper Gore trying to fucking censor music and everything else. You know, so so censorship bad. I've yep. always felt that censorship is bad. However, you right. could you could say maybe I've gotten uh, nerfed a little bit in life because of the fact that I am a parent of young children now and stuff. So like I, I'm a little bit on the lookout of what is inappropriate as opposed to when I was. You know, rocking out, fucking throwing the devil horns and everything else. What, what but here's doing? here's my argument. Here's my argument. Here's my here's my question and my argument. You say that we can use things like cuties as a as a stepping stone okay. for having conversations with our children, which that's all fine and good. But wouldn't the better answer of fixing yes. the problem, especially when it comes to exploitation of children, would and, and sexualization of, of women, young girls, wouldn't it be better to change the role models? Wouldn't it be better to turn around and say Mickey Minaj to put some fucking clothes on and maybe learn how to write a real yeah. lyric as opposed to fucking it, sensationalizing the, it this totally, behavior. It, it totally would. Right. It totally would, but that's not, that's right. not what sells records, and she sells records. So this is your opportunity to actually use that as a combative argument and make sense of it because you're not going to change Mickey Nicki Minaj. She sells records. She sells out concerts. She's there to make her millions of dollars and kids follow her. This is your opportunity as a parent to actually look at that and say, hey, look, this is this is what she's doing for art. This is what she's doing to make money. But that doesn't have anything to do with how you operate in real life and this is why. There's nothing wrong with this conversation because your kid is being exposed to that all the time without you being aware of it. I just right. don't so get... it's either have your eyes wide open or wide shut. If they're being exposed to it without any explanation of a little deeper explanation of what it is, I mean that's just gonna confuse the hell out of it even more. I just don't get the I just don't get the mentality. That's, that's why whenever you look at you know twenty three if you look at twenty three year olds of today being in the bar industry like I am, twenty one to twenty five year olds, the blowjobs as good as a handshake. You wanna know why that is? Why is that? Because really mom good. and dad never fucking talked about it. Mom, 
because mom and dad never talked to her about it. I was I was looking up the bars that that, that have that ruling. Um, no, <laughs> no, quite yeah, honestly, I was, I was, where, where you, no. I'm going to go introduce myself. I mean, but no, the the, 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 the I guess I mean it. it I guess it's the an, point. It's an unfortunate thing. If you're talking about someone's daughter, somebody 21 to 25. If you are to talk to them in the bar scene, then you're going to see that honestly, yeah. across the board, a handshake and a blowjob is no different. And the reason that is because is because no one's parents talk to those young ladies. Okay, but, but see that's and, part of that's and, part and of the problem. So you have the opportunity to use this but that's, as a stage and or not, and then have your daughter have a blowjob or a handshake. And, and that's part of the problem. And 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 I don't want to I don't want to yeah. discount you, Chris, and what I'm about to say. But I know Colin's a musician, and I know Don's a comedian, so they they might more understand this than 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 maybe you do. I, I but I'm sure you understand this too. My confidence interest in this again growing up in the age where you know axel rose used the n-word and one in a million and and ozzy osbourne was blamed for suicides because he uh you know did a song about alcoholism you know and stuff like that and these were all painted bad and and cruel and unusual and corrupting our children and we can't have this around and we got to censor this type of behavior but shaking your ass singing about wop singing about wop that's okay that's okay. We're not corrupting children with that. We're 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 empowering women to take a hold of their sexuality this way. Forgetting the fact that you are, you know, no, unlike unlike Charles fucking Barkley, unlike Charles Barkley, who's I'm not a role model. If you're in the limelight in any field of entertainment, be it sports, music, television, movies, you are somebody's fucking role model, and you do have to take that into account. And I think that the problem is we we made a double standard where. One thing that we that we politically or 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 morally don't agree with, bad. Other thing that is as morally reprehensible, but we de- define it as, as empowerment. Good. That's not that's that's my problem. Is the hypocrisy of it, plus the fact that you're well, dragging young children into that hypocrisy. Well, that 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 that's also what I'm saying. That as the parent. Who is the continuing, continuous person in the household, or the continuous influence on that child? Social media is an exterior. The parent and the household, the inner circle. So if you are able to talk about those things in that way, to guard against, guard a kid, uh, a kid against that, that she is doing that for money, she is doing that for gain, she is doing that for attention. But that's not what we do. As good, decent people, those are moralities. So you have the opportunity to teach moralities and good basis as opposed to allowing a child to succumb to social media. The choice is up to you. And as a, as a, as a father of a 26-year-old, uh, I know very well because I've seen before whenever they still had beepers. And coming up through social media with MySpace, the beginning of Facebook, and all of this other stuff that um, – you can't, you can't use that as a reason to not do your parenting. And no, I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form as an insult or a slight. I, I'm saying that you have to continue to guide a child properly. Right. No, a, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you, you know, that parents need to step up. Way. 
No, I agree with you. The parents need to step up and should always, you know, try to try to steer their their children morally. In fact, I've made numerous occasions, especially in in and again, we're dancing very close to political here. But I've 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 made that statement with like rioters and stuff like that, where I turned around and said if they were raised right, if their parents would have paid attention to them, they would have a lot more respect for life than they act today. That being said, though. When you and I were children, when when even when Colin, because I know he's the youngest one out of all of us, even when Colin was a child, it was easier to parent than it is today. Today, kids are taught through social media, through their fucking influences, not even to pay attention to us. The peer pressure is worse today than it ever was when we were kids. The 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 influences are worse today than they ever were. We could sit there and talk morality to her blue in the face, and as soon as they walk out and talk to their best friend who wants to act like they're the next uh, 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 Kim Kardashian, we're fucked. Our words are out the window. So how does how does well, even what, films like well, this I, I, help? Movies. I do agree with that to an extent. You know, all of us are old enough that we remember that you have to be inside when the lights come on on the street. And whenever you come in, you know that dinner's going to be ready. And you're supposed to go to bed after the nightly news, you know, like 9 or 10 o'clock. We are, we're all old enough to remember that. But I can also describe to you an entire section of the town that I live in that still operates under those circumstances. And when the kids are out amongst themselves, they're still going to be kids just like right. we were because our parents thought it was horrible for us to listen to heavy metal and smoke weed and drink. They all thought that was horrible, but we all were able to uh, come out of it decently because we knew decency, because it was taught to us. And... I think this is a very good media or social media example for us to be able to teach that baseline. At the very least, just teach that baseline. And so that way your kid can make a good decision because at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, they're fucking idiots. They don't know what the, they can barely talk. They've only been talking for a few years. You know, they're, they're monkeys who have just learned words. And, uh, you know, so it's our, it's our job to be able to teach them uh, at least a baseline, just like our parents did us. It is a different age. It's a different era. And so, you know, it's up to us to be able to accommodate to that and be able to overcome it. And these are those kinds of teaching examples that social media gives us to be able to do with our kids. Yeah, it, it's harder to teach the way my dad did, though. <laughs> right. Totally. That, that's, that's I, I got an ass with Exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, back back you in, know, back in our day nowadays, well, you can thank you. Can, it's not well, even I social media that. and shit. You can thank Doctor Spock for that shit. You can't even raise your fucking voice to your child. It's child you abuse. Keep Leonard Nimoy. And, <laughs> no, Leonard. not that Spock. And we end up with a lot of good kids just as bad kids. I don't. You know, it, every every generation wants something more for their kids. And so then you end up with some mistakes, like you know, a child for every trophy who or you know, a trophy for every child who participates, and then you end up with some really extreme bad examples as well. People who overcorrect, but every gener generation tries to do better for their kids. And at the end of the day, you can either teach or ignore it and then deal with the consequences later. You know, this is why we have so many grandmothers who are raising children. Right now. Well, let me let this me ask. This is why Colin. you have uh, three generations in a row of uh, uh, men who are raised by women. Well, let me let me ask Colin. These it, are things that have happened from 
we'll have discussions. Let me let me ask Colin, especially because he's the youngest guy. Do you think part of this loss of morality and and lack of parental guidance is because of the fact that we've had such a boom since I would say at least the mid '90s? And I know it was going on before that, but I mean, the, really, the boom of it, it, you know, if memory's not ser- is serving me correctly, it's because we've been having babies having babies. In other words, teen, you know, the boom of teenage pregnancy. And then in the 2000s, we glorified it with stupid shit like 16 and Pregnant on MTV. Do you think that's part of the problem that we see in, in what we're seeing even in films like Cuties? I think it's all one package deal. It's, it's all avenues of influence on people and young people especially. Um we, we've become so detached from everyone because we're all stuck into our social media and our friends and our friends list and what we're doing on, uh, you know, Twitter and what who's doing what and what are they posting now. And you, so you're just stuck glued to your phone. You don't really interact with anybody other than the people online, you know. Um, so there's that. But, but you know, then this all influences on us. Um, so, yeah, I think that it, it comes from all those things, um, the baby boom, and then um, the internet um, taking over, and social networking. I think that has a big influence on it, and and so that therefore there's more people that are having children that don't have both people in the household, so they don't have the good uh, role models and the mentoring, having a, a positive male role model in the household that's working and providing for the family and and portraying a good male role model i was and, i was going to um, ask that question but i was af- afraid of bringing up the the n-word the nuclear family dynamic into right. it. but <clears throat> you know and, and i'll make i'll make a really good example for everybody just as like something that everybody can visualize last christmas i moonlighted at, at the moon at the mall and i worked at one of those calendar bookstores you know they have that has a kiosk in the middle of your mall and it was two doors down from the leggings shop, you know, where they do yoga pants and all that stuff. Right. Anyways, I saw, I saw countless MILFs and younger moms walk by just is like, God damn, look at that. They're all wearing yoga pants. And then also I would see in tow behind them the boyfriend or the grandma walking with the little girl dressed just like mom. Yeah. So you're talking about a, a multiple generations where this is becoming a regular thing that the little girl is allowed to look like mom and be almost sexualized where you're looking at this, you know, a, an age and above age woman, you know, a MILF or, you know, a 20 something woman and she has a young girl in tow dressed the same way she is in those yoga pants. And they're right, going right. to the yoga pants store to buy more of them. And this right. is because of, you know, 16 and pregnant and all of this other stuff. And yeah. instead of having an intelligent conversation with your kid to keep them from, from under, you know, to make sure they understand the difference between common sense and sexualization, we have this multiple generational deal going on right now. Where you see this, you could go to your nearest mall right now and sit there for a half hour next to the Chick-fil-A and watch moms and their daughters walk by in identical yoga pants. Now, is that is that be, Tell is me that, that's not fucked up. 
It is fucked up, but tell me what's the reason. Is it because the mom turns around and says, well, I want, honey, I want you to grow up being proud of being a, uh, a girl and, and, and showing off your goods because you're a girl and you're a proud, independent woman? Or is it more along the lines of mom hoping to look, look at the daughter and look at the mom and be like, oh, you guys can be sisters? And, you know, in a sense, kind of holding on to the youth. It, no. it, it could be that way to a small percentage, but I think it's a lot more due to social media influence. And um, very many households right now that are, are being um, a lack of a, a male role model being in place as well. Right. Because as a father, you're not going to let your kid walk out the door looking like mom. No, yeah, if are... you like your mom looking a certain way, you're not going to let the daughter walk out the door looking the same way. No, the single mothers are going to pull this crap. They're going to run around and say, oh, well, we have our women's rights. Yeah. We can do that and their freedoms and whatever. And they use that as an excuse to dress however they want. And then their daughters want to look the same as they do. And they don't see it. They, they lose um, the boundary there. And what it's, it's multiple influence, you know, with social media and the household, and the fact that there's not somebody there to say no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, you know it, why it's too many allowances instead of people. You know, these single moms are trying to attract a boyfriend and attract a positive male influence um, for their daughter. But the dumb thing is that they're dressing them the same way. So, like, now you've made uh, predators aware that your daughter has a booty. That's great. She's only ten. Well. That that's no, the thing. You bring you, up, you bring what up, it really makes you wonder is, is what that young lady went through to make her come to that conclusion. Well, that's the if thing. dealing with a young woman who has a young daughter, you 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 should wonder what made her come to that conclusion. That that's okay. Well, see, something happened to that young lady. Well, that see that that's where the mentality is, and and it's wrong. Like you guys keep mentioning the the, the, the strong male role model. Let's be honest. Most of us who became strong male role models in our family, especially when it comes to daughters, is because of the fact that we were the dogs we don't want our daughters to be uh, to to hang out with. We know what attracted their mother to Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And the last thing in the world we want our daughter to do is the exact same bullshit their mom did because then you get guys like us. And you don't want guys like us. If 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 we weren't the guys we were trying to warn you and about the problems- you wouldn't and exist. With, and the problem with daughters is, uh, from a genocode standpoint, they're all looking for a replacement for dad. <laughs> That's the thing for you know ninety percent of the women who walk the planet. They're always looking for an identical twin to what their father was, right. or lack thereof. So, um, you know, with these, uh, you know, fatherless. Uh, daughters or, you know, the, uh, the woman who's like, I don't need a man. Okay, cool. You know, but, you know, whenever you have to deal with a whole bunch of, you know, a kid or a few kids who have, who run like fucking banshees, hey, look, maybe you'll rethink that. And, and most of the time, in my experience, they don't. They're just like, I have a baby kid. And it's like, okay, cool. Good for you. you know, that's yeah. The problem, is that these, these girls, they grow up too fast. They get laid. They get pregnant. The boy runs off on them. They don't have the man in the life of the Yeah, because they don't want to be a dad. No, yeah. they don't want to be a dad. They just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and off they go running, right? So there's this girl. She's got this daughter to take care of, and she's still trying to be sexy because she wants to attract a boyfriend or a replacement, you know. But in the process, she's forgetting that, wait a minute, you have a daughter that you're portraying an image to now. 
Now that little girl's going to look up to you. Well, that little girl's going to, oh, this is how I'm supposed to act. Oh, that's what mommy does. That's what mommy does. That's how she dresses. Yep. You know, before you. Boy, boys become the men. Well, see, I, that's... Boy, boys become the men they become because of their, their motherly influence. And the same thing for girls. They become the women they become because of their fatherly influence or lack thereof. <laughs> On, on either way, and and now you're dealing with an entire generation that has neither of the above. You're dealing with daughters who don't have fathers. You're dealing with boys who don't have mother, and uh, it, it, it's um, and 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 the end result is a movie like Cuties. Well, see that where you're able to look at something that is very normalized, and now we're kind of circling back here. Uh, you know, you're looking at a movie that normalizes a social situation. And because people misinterpreted the movie poster, they immediately vilify the uh, movie itself without uh, without actually looking at the content of it. And I think there's a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, a lot of missed out opportunities for be people to be able to be retrospective and actually look at what this movie is talking about. Because it's 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 not a glamorification of of uh, young ladies' sexual identity. It's 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 an outlook of what's going on in social morality. All right. Well, right. Well, I, I don't believe the directors or the people making the film intended it to be something to attract um, pedophiles or um, you know, any type of dangerous <clears throat> predator types. Um, I don't think it was had that in mind. I think that they were just trying to portray. A certain situation and what young girls are up against um, trying to come up in the world and have moral boundaries and moral ground yeah. and um, and the lack of the mentoring that should be in place that is not always in place today because of the broken households that exist and it's not not just broken households but it goes down to okay on top of that then if you have a broken household well who's gonna push any type of religious belief system that might put you on moral ground where you might have some good influences in other people Say it takes a, a village to raise a child, right? Well, churches and stuff like that. As much as I'm not really an advocate, Mr. Church or nothing, I would say that a lot of times they have good uh, foundation for a good community that people are like-minded and they always want to push good moral stuff for their kids. Well, let me let me ask you guys this uh, before we get into at the least, uh, final. At least verdict. teaching yeah, the on the surface, but yeah. Let me let me ask this before we reach to the uh, verdict of whether this is a recommendable film or not. Uh, just on the subject matter itself, I want people that are listening to understand we are not advocating in any way, shape, or form of like, uh, you know, the 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 single independent mother is a bad thing. We're we're not we're not blasting you as as, as the problem. However. We do have to take yeah. away the victimhood that is associated with a lot of single mothers nowadays because in my own experience, and I could tell you this not only from my own life, but sitting in child support court and sitting in visitation courts and, you know, seeing the interactions between broken up couples that have children. Yes, there are fathers who deadbeat out. Absolutely. They automatically just, they don't want to, they're, they're too young, they're too I immature. They were not the right partner to have a child with there are them out there but there are more there are more fathers who are blocked from their family there are more fathers who want to be positive role models in their child's life and these women who want the the, the victimization they want the attention 
They want this glorification of them being, you know, I don't need no man has destroyed the nuclear family. Now, this is brought on by the fact of the, of the social influences of music, of movies vilifying men who actually give a fuck about their family and glorifying single parenthood in, in, in women to the point that even the court systems will default to the correct parent for the child is the mother, regardless of the situation, unless it's extreme circumstance, like they're beyond, beyond control drug addicts or, or whatever else, regardless of the fact that the father may be the morally correct choice to raise the child. I've seen it with my own eyes. So you can comments, you can keep your comments to yourself. I'm speaking from experience. I'm not speaking from a one-sided viewpoint. It has nothing to do with the fact that I have a penis. It has to do with the fact that I have eyes. I've seen it myself, okay? This glorification of, of the broken home, this glorification of the father is automatically a deadbeat just because he's a father, this glorification of young and pregnant or, or independent woman, I don't need no man, yet you constantly go out looking for men over and over and doing the exact same action. What is the definition of insanity? Doing the exact same, the exact same thing over and over again and expecting a different reaction. If you keep acting the way you acted when your baby daddy got you knocked up, guess who else you're going to get? Another baby daddy to knock you the fuck up. You're going to get the same guy. If you're looking for the best type of thing for your life, if you're looking for the best type of thing for your family, then you change you. This girl power shit of like women are queen and guys are scum, no, it doesn't work. All it does is destroy. I'm sorry, that's that's the God's honest truth. And that's what's right, creating right. this type those, of mentality those, in the world. Yeah, those type of trails are not good for the human for the human family uh, unit. They don't help morally or ethically or um, <clears throat> mentor-wise at all. We're, we're trying to create an entire culture of Diana Troy, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, without <laughs> any fucking Amazons. <laughs> You just com- you just confused and, two uh, completely know, different franchises. You just you just completely like bastardized <laughs> rape two franchises. Diana Troy was from Star Trek. Diana Prince was Wonder Woman. <laughs> Diana Prince. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're, we're trying to create a whole society of Diana Princes, and we have no Amazons in the group. So you know, I mean, it's like we're designed a certain way, and as long as society glorifies not being part of the regular dynamic the way that we're designed for man and woman, then we're going to continue to have these problems. There's there's men who think they don't need a woman, and there's women who think they don't need a man. And then there's kids who are brought up both ways. You know, uh, little boys who are raised by women who think they don't have to listen to anybody, and little little girls who are brought up by men who think they don't have to listen to anybody. No matter what it ends up being, I don't have to listen to anybody kind of a deal, it, it, especially if you look at like 10-year-olds 10, 10 or less that are uh, seriously influenced by social media. That They're like, I don't have to listen to nobody. They talk out of turn. They don't understand please and thank you. I see it every day in the restaurant that I work in, and it's, it's, it's almost sad, and you can almost expect 
um, exactly what the outcome is going to be. Someone's going to spend a hundred dollars on their on their on their family's meal, and they're going to tip you five bucks. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see that situation, and 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 I can I can predict it. It's it's so pathetically predictable that it's it's predictable. It it, it really is sad, and you, you can recognize it every time in in a uh, restaurant where a group of four is going to spend a hundred bucks or more. This, from my own personal experience, as soon as a group sits down where it's a father and all girls or a mother and all boys, there's no man or woman present. I, I guarantee you, they're going to spend a hundred bucks and tip me five bucks because they have no appreciation and it, it all goes hand in hand. They have no appreciation of what other people do. Period. Right. Totally yeah. self involved. They're like they place orders. They're on the phone. They won't look at you. They won't talk directly to you. You know, I mean, it's there's so many warning signs, and you see it in the same groups over and over again. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get to the end of this segment because I well, now you brought up a great point for after hours. We're gonna get into that about like, you know, uh, the the food service, I, you know, and waiters and waitresses because I got plenty of bullshit to bring up on them. But before we do, Don, do you have anything to add to this conversation before we get the final verdict on cuties? No, I think I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I did not watch it and I probably will not watch it. Uh let's get to the let's get to the verdict then. Is this a film that you would recommend? You have a reason. You don't have kids. What's that? Don doesn't I have do kids. Have he kids. doesn't really have a right. reason. I don't have kids either, but I have a lot of friends with yeah. kids. So I can see where the concern was with this movie. Um yeah. and overall my take is that I, I don't think it's something that you should bring to the forefront for young people. Um if you do use it, use the movie to influence your children in a positive way to explain that these are the wrong ways to take things in the world and this is how the influences could be bad or could be good and have a, a adult conversation with your child if you're going to watch this movie with them. Um, I don't believe that the writers or the directors or anybody was trying to, to make something um, provocative or like, look at me, look at me, look at all these little cute uh, chicks that are supposed to be like adults or something. No, they're portraying what young people now are thinking is acceptable and it's it's highlighting what we should be as a society looking closer at, taking a, a note of, wait a minute, maybe young people need a little bit better channeling and a little bit better mentoring and, uh, and when they are having that coming of age and they're getting into their little groups and their little friendships and stuff, who are they becoming friends with and what kind of role models do they have in their home structure? And these are the things that we need to look at. I mean, like, yeah, there's nothing taken away from women, right? Or that they can they can portray whatever type of woman they want to be. That's great. But do you, at the same time, say, I'm going to be a woman, I'm going to dress how I want and everything else, and still portray a good, solid role model for your daughters or your friend's daughters or other young women that are around you? Does that make you look like a good role model, like you're solid and you got your shit together? Or does that just make you look like a hoochie and then the young people around you are going to think that that's cool and portray the same type of stuff? I mean, I don't think that people are really taking note to what um, these types of things do in the mind of young people. But I think this movie, um, the message behind it was that type of message where they, they wanted people in general to take a closer look at what 11-year-olds are really being influenced by. And I think that's that's where my mind sits with it. Chris? 
Yeah, I, I think this is a, <clears throat> I think it's an opportunity to be able to teach if you have a open household. If somehow or another this movie comes up as a topic and you have a 10 or 11-year-old and your 10 or 11-year-old brings it up as a topic, this is a very teachable moment. If it never comes up, maybe it's best to leave it alone and choose other spots to be able to teach a child. And... Um, I think uh, if you're to, to go down the rabbit hole, you'll see that the writer and director of the show do not intend for this to be an exploitation piece. That's the reason at the beginning I called it a documentary because they actually label it as a documentary. Uh, it was Netflix who changed it, uh, calling it a film. It's a, it is actually a documentary, and I believe that if it does come up in your household and you're dealing with impressionable people in your house, you should talk directly about it because in today's damn world, uh, with social media being what it is, you cannot shy away from sub subjects that you know your kids are being exposed to because they're being exposed to a lot more than what you ever were and they're being expo exposed to a lot more than you probably think. So that's all I got. Right on, guys. That's a great uh, conversation. But what do you guys think? Let us know in the comment section down below. Have you watched Cuties? Uh, do you agree with our assessment? Uh, well, with their assessments, because Don and I didn't watch the film. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what was your take on it? And even on the conversation as a whole, we want to hear your opinions. In fact, we might read it on next week's show if you uh, blast it out to us. But we're going to go ahead and step off this dark and heavy subject and get into something that really has been grinding my gears in After Hours, starting right now. Hey guys, we're back for another segment of After Hours, and this one, I'm happy to be sitting here with somebody who is a bartender, somebody who is a club owner, and somebody who is a restaurateur, because it gives me a chance to sit down and get something that's been on my mind and my chest it has gone back to the end of time since there was a restaurant since there was a waiter since there was a waitress there has always been the asshole waitress or waiter who will come up to ask if you need anything if everything's all right while you have a full mouth of fucking food as i'm watching chris eat pizza <laughs> Is this is this something that is actually taught do to the wait staff? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what the what the protocols is. Why is it always? We do it all. Yeah, I, I don't think it's taught. It comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> if you're good, you know how to. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's conspiracy. It is a. It's got to be a conspiracy because it's always like you wait. 20 minutes for your fucking drink when it finally shows up your food comes with it you know and you're sitting down and then like five minutes after you got that first bite in your mouth you haven't even chomped on it once yet oh you guys doing get anything the fuck is this something that is taught to these people they never come when my mouth is empty or my fucking cup is empty yep they never come when his mouth is empty <laughs> it prevents you it prevents you from saying, it prevents you from saying, can I have another glass of water with five lemons? I'm busy enough that I'm going to ask you and move on. And you don't exactly. have a chance to answer. First of all, Chris, <laughs> Until I'm free. Chris, never come when the mouth is empty. But anyway. I can't come See, this, if my this, mouth is this empty. Is 
Well, you don't come when their mouth is empty. Anyway, <laughs> I um, come whether their mouth is empty or full or otherwise. <laughs> Ask my ex-wife. <laughs> something that this is something that's very akin to the fast food drive-through where they hand you your change, your drink, and your bag of meal all at the same fucking time. While you're trying to put one thing away, you got six other things being handed to you. It's the same thing. I don't it's, get so you can't check and see if your orders. Here's right. the thing: yeah. wait staff they they have to get their digs in when they can because they deal with a lot of assholes. So that's what they do: is is they yes. just get their little their little fuck yous in really quietly, and that's how they do it. Yeah, but their and little fuck yous. But their little fuck yous are, are the wrong mentality. Like Chris just got done talking about the assholes who come in, order a hundred dollars, and give a five dollar tip. If you're walking up while I got a mouthful right. of fucking sauerkraut, you know, and then ignoring me when I actually need something, then guess what you're getting? You're getting less than five dollars from me. I don't care if it's a three dollar tip. No. <laughs> no, no. The difference. The difference is. The difference is, is if I do that once, but I come back around five more times, and everybody gets refills, everybody gets extra sauces. I do that as a way to be able to kill time, so I can come back around with my t ten other right. tables. So now I come back around, and then I get the refills. I get you all the other shit. That's a pro. Yeah. That's why I'm like, a five dollar tip ain't doing it because I gave you everything you wanted. Just because I asked you if you wanted something while you had a mouthful of fucking horseradish, fuck you, dick. I'll be back in a minute, and I'm going to get you what you need. Well, Don, I get that, but it's also the same time going off of, going off of what Don said. Going off of what Don said here, you know, like with the fast food joints, like these these motherfuckers want a bitch for fifteen dollars an hour, and they can't even get your burger right. Like, how hard is it to not put onions on if you ask for not onions, or you turn around and you ask for like a for like a Whopper with cheese, Whopper with cheese, no onions. You get up to the drive through. All right, you go up to the drive-through, you I pay your money, it. you get your fucking Whopper, you're halfway home, you get pull that Whopper out, and it's a fucking chicken sandwich. It's not even a fucking Whopper, and it has onions. They fuck you at the drive-through, okay? They fuck sure you at the drive-through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they always Always fuck you at the drive-thru, Joe Pesci. And uh, they're making sure that you don't make any direct eye contact and that you move along without checking your shit. There's a difference between drive-thru and actual waiters. Oh, yeah. There's a pro waiter and drive-thru motherfuckers who only make 10 bucks an hour. I make 40 bucks an hour whenever I work. I'm not a 10 buck an hour, uh, you know, fucking Burger King drive-thru person. There's two <laughs> big differences. Well, that's it. But that, you know. But it, it it seems like it's isolated to the food service. I mean, you don't you you go into a I know they don't exist well, anymore. Yeah. You, you walk into an FYE and a guy comes up and says, "Can I help you, sir?" You say, "No, I'm just looking." He comes back ten minutes later. Hey, I'm just checking in to see if you uh, need help finding anything. No, I'm still just looking. They're attentive and they get nothing from it. People who are working for tips or begging for fifteen dollars yep. an hour, you can't get my food right. Or ask me when I don't have a mouthful of fucking steak. <laughs> well, well, so there's timing because just because you have a mouthful of steak does not mean that two other people are looking at their food and wondering how they should eat it. Because I can sit down and be like, you know, maybe the best thing for you to try is to use this fork with this food with this sauce while you have a mouthful of steak. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person who doesn't look like they understand what's going on with their meal. And I have seven other tables behind it. 
that's far different from a fucking drive-through window person. Yeah, that's far different. That's fair, but at the same time, if I'm sitting at a table with myself, uh, Jen, and my two kids, that waiter ain't looking at Jen. That waiter ain't or waitress ain't looking at my kids. They're looking at me. Is everything okay? You know, you fucking run the risk of looking like a special and needs kid. Yeah, because I always look at the whole table. I don't. I don't look at the guy. Do, do you bitch? Because the guy is very rarely good. When he's cleaning your fucking teeth. <laughs> do I bitch at who for cleaning my teeth? What? <laughs> Yeah. You bitch at your dentist when they ask about how your holiday was when you're they're cleaning your teeth. Oh, that annoys the piss out of me. Why do you have a want to have a conversation with me when you have a fucking suction right. suction vacuum in my mouth well, and a pick in my mouth and a mirror well, in my I mouth? This time, you know, it's all Christmas and you know it's like this thing in my mouth. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Great timing. I tell you what, man, I would rather have my balls pounded flat with a wooden hammer. Thanks. Well, I appreciate then it. you're you're going to the wrong restaurants. Okay. <laughs> yep, you're going to the wrong. You probably find the ones that will pound your balls flat with a hammer, but you know. Right. Well, See, I always tell you that half of their job, or like ninety percent of their job, is just conveying the message from the customer to the kitchen or the bar. Right. As long as they're doing that well, then everything else is secondary. Because you get the message to the people on the other end that need the information for the food or for the drinks. That part gets done on its own. Then all you have to do is make sure that you're not missing anything, that they don't need any side stuff like ketchup, mustard, salt, pepper, an extra right. drink that they forgot. Oh, you want some sauce with that? Okay. you know. Um, but those things, like you go by and you pre-bus. Like after they've got their food, you check on them. You know? Um, but you don't uh, like automatically walk up and and go bug them right away. You give them a few minutes so that way they can start eating. Because sometimes they have to settle down now. They get their food. They want to talk. Like, oh, I didn't know this had that sauce on it. That looks nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, yours looks great too. You know. And then they start eating. So you give them a few minutes, and then you come back and say, how is everything? You know. And at that point, if they've already scarfed something down, well, you ask them, would you like me to get rid of that plate? That way, you're not picking up everything at the end of their meal all at one time when you just finished totaling their ticket for them and handed it to them and they just walked up to the cash register. To I, was, I always ask, would you like me to get that out of your way so you right. can enjoy conversation? Like if they killed something real quick, you know, hey, hey, would you like to enjoy the conversation? Let me get the smell of your calamari out of your face, whatever. You know, whenever you do something like that, there's a huge difference in the quality of a waiter versus the commonality of a drive through person versus a piece of shit waitress. Right. You know, it, it, there's a big, big fucking difference. It has been a long, long time since I've had a waiter that didn't deserve a tip because, I mean, they just, they, these people work their ass off anyway. So, you know, I, do, I bet yeah, man. it's possible. They, they absolutely do. I mean, I've worked in the food service industry. I own uh, a bar slash restaurant comedy club. I mean, I, there are I, working people. I say, I, tip, I say one thing to all of my new. I say one thing to all of my new waiters and waitresses if they're just training in or they move from another restaurant. The first thing I tell them whenever they're shadowing me is I can tell you first and foremost everything you need to know about a person by the way they te talk to wait staff and by the way they tip. Yeah, I can tell enough. you everything you need to know about a person just by those two items. So, you know, it, even if even if you're if you're at a full service restaurant and a, and a waiter doesn't do 
the greatest job in the world and you act like it's the end of the world, that motherfucker refilled your shit, brought you clean silverware, brought you your shit the way you ordered it, brought it hot. Fucking shut up and tip. Look, I know, I know. Probably a lot of people listening right now probably probably think I'm an actual like you know a male Karen or something like that. I'm doing this out of satire, but if I really want to point at shit that pisses me the fuck off, if I really want to point at shit that pisses me the fuck off, it ain't the food service; it's Walmart. And I will tell you the one thing that pisses me off to no end of Walmart. I will tell you exactly what it is. You've got fifty fucking employees in the store at one time. Not a one of them is there to help anybody out in the aisles, and I have to wait in line for fucking 35 minutes because out of 15 registers, only two are open. And all the rest of the employees are gathered around customer service bullshit. You never know where anything is. Yeah. You can ask them, like, where's the Valentine's Day ca- uh, candy? And they'll be like, uh, follow me. And you both take a 15-minute tour of fucking Walmart before you stumble across <laughs> the Valentine's Day candy aisle. Yeah, that's what Walmart's like. Look, the lowest the lowest form of life is not the drive through cashier at McDonald's. The lowest form of life is Walmart employee. I'm sorry. <laughs> these people these people make a, any other type of customer service on the planet seem like you're treated like a king or queen when you walk in cuz they are the most inattentive, slow, dumb unenthusiastic, unmotivated people on the planet, yet they're the first ones to scream that they don't get treated right at the store or by the company. Look at the way you act. Look at how you are at work. You don't deserve to even get the small paycheck they pay you. Whatever happened to the days of Sears and Robux? I talked about this before. What happened to the day where a salesman was a, was a credible career where you fed your family on a career and the reason of being is because you went and you sold that fucking refrigerator full of ketchup to a woman in white gloves made her feel like she was the most important person to ever walk into the store and earned your fucking money earned your keep earned your respect and was able to come home in a credible field nowadays you're a monkey that punches keys and you can't even do it right Well, that that has that. There's a lot to do with corporate greed on that. It's not it's not the 1950s anymore, and, and it's not the 1950s anymore. And you're not at fucking Woolworths, man. You know, go go to where the service is reputably good, uh, or reputably good. Go where the food is reputably good, and don't worry about the service whenever you go to some self serve place yeah. like Walmart. Stop why the fuck, you know? That's why they have. Support local. Stop going to chains yeah. because they don't give a fuck about anybody. Support yeah, local. They have people that actually take care of their family. And most local grocery stores, local restaurants, they take care of their employees better than any of these big, fat conglomerate national chains. Fuck them. Shop local. I don't know what it's. I don't know what it's like in Dayton, Ohio, or in Indiana, or in or 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 in uh, or in uh, Detroit. But here, in Philly. Locals about dead. It's been taken over by chain. Locals about yeah, dead. and that's and it, it gets harder. It gets harder. But, but I, I there there are several national chain grocery stores in my area. I would still drive up to West Milton, where at the time they had Mister Deal's yep. grocery store. That unfortunately closed. They still have IGA. 
that is where I do a lot of my shopping. I don't go to, I will not go to a Walmart. I don't remember the last time I've set foot in a Walmart, and I don't have any plans to. They really, I mean, the, the service, okay. the quality of merchandise, the quality of everything, it's, it's just screwed. It is not worth the, the couple of pennies you get off on something. Now, I understand there are some people, that's what they have to go because that's what they can afford. I get that. But the national chains, those are the ones that killed all the local businesses. The national chain restaurants are killing all your family bars. They're yep. killing this shit. And they're doing it because they have an almost unlimited budget because they're all across the country. They're, inter they're national. They're international. They're huge conglomerates. Big I don't care for them anyway. I never did even when I was a kid, and I won't go there now. I, they're... <laughs> And I'm I'm sorry I'm not I'm not gonna just I'm not just gonna pick I, on Walmart. I think that if you have to pay them, if you have to drive a mile, good. No, I I think if you have to drive a mile out of your way, and pay an extra two dollars per bag, whether it's the hardware store, the grocery store, meat store, whatever, you pay an extra. You have to drive a mile out of your way. That's two bucks, and you have to pay an extra two dollars per bag, and you buy five bags worth of shit. So you paid an extra $12, but you got the customer service you want. Yeah. So it's worth that much money to be able to get it because that's what it costs to get that kind of customer service. Right. And you're customer not, service you're, you're not helping, you're not helping a millionaire stock prices raise a couple of cents. You're yeah. not helping that. You're helping a family get to school. You're helping a family get fucking shoes for their kids. That's the difference in shopping yeah. local. And I, I get, that it's yep. not always feasible. I get that. But I try to as much as I possibly can without doing national chains. All of us should make an effort to try to shop. And if you are in the position where if you are in the position where you have to go to the national chain to save a couple pennies, then it is what it is, but you can't really bitch about the service that you got because you do get what you pay for. And if right. you're if you have to pay for it that way, then you can't complain about the service. But if you have the option to pay a couple dollars more per bag or a couple dollars for the extra mile, then you know you're willing to eat the ten bucks because you get the service that you want. So it's either you get what you want or you get what you pay for. Hey, look, as and far if as you get what you pay for, you can't bitch about it because that's what the price is. Hey, look, as far well, then as far as the same way with everything. As far as the, the consumers who go to Walmart, I'm not picking on them. I know they get picked on enough. I'm not picking on them. If, you, if you're if you on a budget or anything else, go to Walmart. Be proud to be going to Walmart. Don't be a Target shopper because you know what a Target shopper is? That's just a Walmart shopper with too high of an opinion of themselves. It is the exact same store, just in red. <laughs> you, were, you were talking about... Uh, Chris Rudder, you were talking about getting service and paying a little bit more. I used to get my shoes, my just regular shoes, yeah. at whatever discount place I could. And for one, they're cheaper shoes. They destroyed my feet. I walked into a Rotorer Shoes, to the local yeah. Dayton business, and I walked in there, and I that here that's the first time I've ever actually dealt with a shoe salesman rather than just a schmuck that sells shoes. I mean, these people were good. Good at yeah, what they did. Clear. Their shoes were more expensive. Yeah. But I went there, I think it was about eight years ago when I first went there. I still go to them, the same place. That's the only place I buy my shoes now. Look, For I buy, that reason, they're, I, they're good. When you're, talking about, when you're talking about shoes. We have a place here in town called uh, Regan. 
and they they do the same thing. They custom make you know red wings and and these other things, and they get you know special Reeboks and special Nikes, but they're specially made. Blah blah blah, and you pay an extra fifteen bucks, and and some of them are shoes you can't find right. anywhere else, but you only have to go there every five years or whatever the case is. So you know it, it, you get what you pay for, and if you have to pay less, you can't bitch. You can't, you know, you can't complain too much for what you're getting for the price because the price does determine service. It really does. Look, yeah. when you go when you're going to a shoe store, and I'm not talking about like pay less or anything else. I'm talking about like a normal shoe store. If you're going to a shoe store and a salesperson comes up to you and says, "Yo, those are some fresh kicks," you're not getting professional <laughs> service. All right, guy's not a referee. <laughs> all right. No, no, no. Yeah, you're getting twenty five right. now. Right, you're, yeah. yeah, you're getting a kid that doesn't. But again, rotors. I think the the one I go to, the actual business owner that started the place like 50 years ago, is still a salesperson on the floor. His family are salespeople on the floor, and they, you know, they know what they're looking at. They know what you need when you walk in the door. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's hard mm. to describe. And they're not embarrassed to show you. A, they're not embarrassed to show you a two hundred dollar pair of shoes because they know that two hundred dollar pair of shoes is going to last you ten right. years. Right. Exactly. You know. You know. So they have that craftsmanship behind it. They understand what it is that you're getting. So again, you, you know, you get what you pay for whenever it comes to the product and the service. If if you're looking for something cheap and Walmart has it for two fifty, and you don't mm. give a fuck, go get the two fifty thing. But if you need the same thing and it costs seven dollars because you need it to last a few years. Look, if Don't we're talking the $7 and, and you get service Look, that reflects that. No, I'm going to I'm gonna defend right now. I'm going to defend that shit right now. Do not ever buy shoes at fucking Walmart. $10, $14 no. for a pair of sneakers. Motherfucker, take your dumb ass to Ross. You can get a pair of name brand sneakers for that fucking price. Well, yeah, you, you go to Walmart because I, I always got my shoes. Before I started going to Rotors, I got my shoes at Walmart. I got my shoes at Kmart when they were still around, and they destroyed my feet. That's why That's why I ended up dealing with plantar fasciitis. Yeah, because they are cheap, fall yep. apart in two months, and they, they will fuck your feet up. Absolutely. Right, but you can go to Kohl's or Ross and get Nikes for fucking 50 bucks, Adidas for 35 bucks. You fucking Reeboks for 25 bucks. They're the name brand yeah, shit. They're not... dealing with the you got. <laughs> but the point being, the point being is why would you pay 10, 14, 20 dollars at Walmart for fucking Bobos if you can get a decent pair of name brand sneakers for a cheap price at a place like like I'm saying Coles or Ross as opposed to paying the 100, 200 dollars at fucking Foot Locker to just have some moron in a referee shirt say, uh, I think those are you know, you know, why are you pissing the bumpers? I bought my last two pairs of shoes online. Um, one from Amazon and another one from eBay um, because I like a uh, certain type of New Balance that <clears throat> have certain uh, style to them, maybe a little bit of color and things. Um, and there was a more variety that way. Um, but as far as shoes and boots and stuff like that go, um, I would right now I would say that there was a place, a Red Wing shoe store in. Oh, nice, Chris. Nice. New Pumas. Yeah, does it make you run faster, you fucker? <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 fuck, fuck that. I remember when That's Pumas man, were you know, Bobos. You fucking ask me that. I'm like so over. I'm so over adulting. Nobody asked me if I can run faster. You can run faster and jump shoes. higher now. Okay, yeah. 
you yeah, but fuck you. I remember when Pumas were Bobos. I, I, can. I really can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's a place in Rock Decatur, Illinois. There was a great place there that sold Red Wing boots. If anybody's from Decatur, Illinois, check them out. I went in there. I wanted to spend between two and two fifty on a nice pair of boots. They sold me on a good pair of boots, and they have a lifetime warranty. Yeah. If I go to any Red Wing place around and have them repair it for any reason, um, it's you can replace the soles yeah. and the insoles. Yeah, Red Wings. Are well, when, I, when I was younger, when I was younger, I used to order uh, work boots from Mason from Mason Shoe Catalog. And I'd, I'd order them online, actually, because uh, I started that. My dad used to order them for the, through the shop where he worked. And uh, they were a good, they were a reasonable price. They were American-made, and you'd get them, and they would last you for a couple of years. That's and exactly then it. they changed over. Now, all Mason shoes, they're, they're made in China. They'll last six months. They'll destroy your feet, and the fucking price has not changed. Right, so right. Yeah. At that point, they're done. Yeah. Right. But you're not getting quality. You're paying exactly. for you know, they exactly. give you the crappy price, you know, little tiny price, but it's what you're getting in the Well, shoe. no, with, 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 Mason, with Mason Shoe Catalog, with Mason Shoes, they kept the same price. They just skimped on the quality so they could make more money. Well, see, you're you're hitting the nail right on the head. Now, now that we've all done a segment sounding like our... Now that we've all done the segment sounding like our curmudgeon old man. <laughs> what's the well, well, that, that's what I was going to say. We had real Made out of tree. See, I'm gonna piss. I'm last 73 years, and you'd never be able to get them off your feet. Chuck Taylor, feet you had feet all the way through high school. What the fuck's your problem? No, but but honestly, I've always been this person as a person who who works in as a person who works has worked his whole life in home improvement and construction areas. I'm gonna a lot of these teenage idiots out there. Put the money out for a pair of work boots, a pair of sneakers, because I'm going to be spending most of my life in the work boots, and I want them to be comfortable, reliable, and and, and able to last. I want to throw them away because they stink, not because they fell apart. Okay, oh, but yeah. sneakers, I can give a fuck less. I will throw them away in fucking two months yeah. and get a new pair. I don't care. So I don't pay a hot top dollar for kinda, for I'm fucking sneakers. Fucking, I agree. I agree. I'm kind of stuck in both worlds because I do construction with my uncle where we do a lot of custom woodwork. So I do have red wings. And then also because of my service job at the bar, then I also have to wear good work shoes there. So I have to pay top dollar on both ends because if you buy work shoes or service shoes that don't have good tread and don't have good support, then, you know, you're spending a hundred bucks on a pair of shoes that only last six months. So I'll spend a hundred bucks on yeah, the I, I, last a couple of years, both ways, you know. So I'm yeah. kind of stuck on both. I'm in the same boat as that. I'm in the same boat as that because I kind of do construction maintenance trade during in my real life, and then of course I have the club to deal with. So yeah, I have to have comfortable shoes. Right, but you want you yeah. want your work boots. It, it's kind of a tough deal to. to you want your work boots that to, to have a, a good steel to toe. Good whatever you have to pay dollars both ways. Yeah, but you you want your work boots right. to have good steel toe. You want them to have good sole. You want them to have insulated inserts and, and everything else. 
you know, you want to be able that when at the end of those work boots life, you could see the steel and the steel toe because the fucking leather's worn away and you're not, th- you're still not throwing them away right. for that. You're throwing them away because you can't bring them in the house anymore. They stink that much. That's a good work boot. Yeah, I, and I, I'll I, tell you what, fucking really Timberlands lifer, are not good work boots. Lifer, then you have like three or four pairs of those boots. Yeah, I, I can't do if you're a real life my, my steel toe has to be composite because I work with too much electricity but I'm going <laughs> to bow out of here my food's here and I'm fucking starving so fellas enjoy your new yes <laughs> take it easy Don I hope it doesn't taste like shoe leather <laughs> oh yeah hey by the way, uh, <laughs> you can check out the life radio show the life 1069.com the life 1069.podbean.com we're all over the place right now I just found out last month that the the month of September, 25% of my listenership has been in France, so wee oui, wee. Oui. All right, we're getting the hell out of here. <laughs> Gentlemen, have a great night. As we piss all over your movie. <laughs> but on that note, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into our final segment. We'd like to close it with some positivity, and Colin's going to take care of that here in just a moment. Hey, thanks, Chris. Uh, this week, um, I found a couple things that were kind of positive going on in the world. Um, one thing that kind of blew my mind here was uh, earlier in our segment, we were talking about tips and people in the food industry and stuff. Well, it turns out uh, in on MSN.com, I found a story about this 89-year-old pizza delivery man gets a surprise $12,000 tip. Holy shit. The act of kindness and priceless. But for Derlin uh, Del, Del, Nui, a pizza delivery driver from Roy, Utah, was actually worth $12,069. According to NBC affiliates, uh, the 89-year-old delivery man from Papa John's took the 30-hour-a-week gig to make some extra money because his monthly bills cost more than his Social Security covered. One of his customers, Carlos Valdez, began recording... Nui's deliveries to his family's front door and sharing them on social media platform TikTok. Knowing, known for saying, hello, are you looking for some pizza? When, the deliver, when he delivers, Nui soon became a favorite to Valdez's 53,000 followers. It's insane. Everybody loves him, says Valdez, adding that many of his followers commented their frustration that Nui had to work still. Somebody at that age should not be working that much. <coughs> So the, the Dal Valdez family got the idea to crowdsource funds from their followers to help out Nui. Uh, collectively, as a TikTok community, we all came together and we were able to raise $12,000 for this amazing person. That's wow. awesome. That's awesome. And you know what? You know what I like about that? There's two things I like about this story. Number one, that, that the, the delivery driver was actually appreciated services and years doing this stuff and stuff like you know especially because it, like you look at such advanced age he should be enjoying his gold sitting by the poolside bitching about his grandkids but instead he's out working and still still hustling because you know he's got a family to feed and the bills to pay you know but i love the fact that i love that fact of the story but what i also love is that we it's a positive story with social media tiktok is 
lot of flack as of late. Social media in general is usually demonized yeah. for, for a lot of bullshit and everything else. Instead, this guy turned around and used the social media to help influence other people give their money to help this guy have a nice surprise to help his family. That's fucking awesome. Go ahead, Chris. Hell yes. One thing. Uh-huh. One thing. That $12,000 contribution at the end of the year is going to be counted against his SSI and his tax bracket and whatever medical platform he's on, whether it's Obamacare or whatever Utah has to offer. So whenever he loses his SSI for a few months and he loses his health care for a few months because that's how states work, how great are we all going to feel about this crowdfunding project? Well, here's the thing. It was, it was presented well, as a number. tip. And tips not, are, based on not all states require tips to be accounted It doesn't matter. For. It's still income. Still income. It got reported with his name in the news. It's fucking reported income. Yeah, shit. Yeah, that's true. All right. So maybe we'll just call it good on the taxes he has to pay on his paycheck for the rest of the year. I, I hope he doesn't get totally fucked over. If he does, then that's like so bad. And, but, you know, I mean, it's just like, it, what if he loses three or four months or six months of his SSI next year because of this $12,000 tip that got accredited to his name? That's true. On national media. Like, there's no way it's not reported. So, I mean, that's that's almost unfortunate if it goes down that way. Yeah, but if he made 12 grand on a tip, I guarantee you he can spend a couple bucks to get a good um, accountant who will find him a loophole. Fair enough. If you got to spend 6000 yeah, don't go to H&R you know, Block. You still, I mean, <laughs> you still lost $3,000. No, yeah. go to <laughs> You know, it's almost unfortunate that it got reported that way. That would that would be a million times greater if it was totally anonymous. The, and there was some, like, ghost story about some guy in Utah who got tipped this way. And nobody knows who he is, as a, opposed to him being, like, a prince in Nigeria. exposed. You know, so now he can get fucked. Well, they name you know? So maybe the viewers will kick in to pay the extra taxes or help them out in some other way. I, I, I hope so. I just, That's, I, now that would be great. That if, would be great. I'll tell you if what. If he does get gone. hit, maybe everybody who chipped in should chip in some. Everybody should right. find everybody yeah, should maybe. find an accountant like my family had growing up. Like the guy's no longer alive anymore. And I remember his first name is Bob. I can't remember his last name. This guy was so in good with my family, he never charged us to do our taxes. All he required is that you had a fucking liverwurst sandwich with onions waiting for him. He loved the liverwurst sandwich. That was his deal. Find you Bob. A... Yeah, Bob. <laughs> Bob, the dead, dead accountant, accountant is the best. What is it with old people? <laughs> my my dad likes liverwurst, too. He's like 75, and he's all like, mm, liverwurst. I'm like, no, that's liver gross. Hey, fuck you. I'm... Th- 43 years old and I live liver worse. Have I've you loved never it had my whole life. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, liver worse and Braunschweiger shit, man. Yeah. Uh, I never cared for it. <laughs> yeah, just get yourself some Rocky right, well, Mountain Oysters. Should be all right with it. Right. Well, another thing I saw here, it's a uh, 
apparently uh, NASA to name the DC headquarters after a hidden figure, Mary W. Jackson, its first black female engineer. Um, NASA's headquarters uh, in Washington will be named after Miss Jackson, the first black woman to work as an engineer in the agency. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I'm for real. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Jackson. The TV series For All Mankind was also written about right, her. Right, right. <laughs> um, let's see. They joined, she joined NASA, then known as the NACA, in 1951 and spent more than 30 years in the agency in various roles. First worked as a mathematician and human computer at Langley Research Center, then segregated West Area Computing Unit under fellow hidden figure Dorothy Vaughn. Uh, Mary never accepted the status quo. She helped break barriers, open opportunities for African Americans and women in the field of engineering and technology. NASA Administrator Jim uh, Bridenstine said in a statement, Jackson became an engineer in 1958 after completing a program at a segregated school. She published an assortment of research uh, mainly on boundary layer of air around airplanes before stepping back and joining Langley Federal Women's Program working to ensure gender equality in the field. She retired in 1985 and died in 2005 at age 83. I will tell you what, this is the type of person that needs to be celebrated because she was somebody who broke barriers for women. She's a person who broke barriers for black people. But the greatest thing about her is she did it without ever wanting the glorification. She didn't want the spotlight. She didn't turn around and say, I am woman, hear me roar, put the spotlight on me. I deserve because I have tits and a vagina. She literally was a person who's, I'm the best at my fucking job and my job will reflect who I am. Absolutely. Right. Wow. Give her every accolade she fucking deserves. Right, I, I see more. Hey, Chris, uh, I'm sorry, Colin. Uh, will you trace back two sentences and who was her her supervisor at NASA, formerly known as NCA? Uh, you, you said Dor something. Dorothy Vaughn. Or oh, Dorothy. Okay, Dorothy Vaughn. And and who was who was the who was the supervisor of that group? Right. Um, okay, let's see here. No. No, there's another name you mentioned. There's another name you mentioned. Okay, uh, Mary never accepted status quo. She helped break barriers and open opportunities for American, African-American women in the field, uh, says Administrator Jim Brittenstein. Okay, pause. Jim Brittenstein. Anybody know who that guy is? Uh, I do not. It must be a guy. With there was a guy from the uh, Third Reich. His name was Von Braun, who was the originator of NASA. That's his guy. So she worked directly under a former a Nazi. Nazi super scientist. Right. And was actually a, a color barrier breaker. Which, if you remember, we boycotted the 1940s Olympics in, in Berlin because right. of the relationship to the Nazis. This woman worked directly under a motherfucking Third Reich scientist. This guy actually it, uh, uh, watched over the gas chambers. You can look up, look up his picture along with JFK and Nixon and Hoover. 
where he is sitting at uh, the launch of one of the first rockets that got launched whenever they were trialing for the uh, moon. This woman was their mathematician, and she overcame all of those barriers. She's not just something to be celebrated. She's something to be championed. This woman is an incredible, not, not, not just national treasure, a world treasure. She overcame so much and overcame so many, <coughs> along with the Kennedys and the Nixons and the Eisenhowers and the Hoovers, she also overcame Von Braun, the leading motherfucking Nazi scientist. <laughs> she overcame all of them and said, here's my math. Here's why the launches are going to work. Here's why the accounting is going to work. The, the series For All Mankind is written about this woman. And uh, it, it, it's an incredible tribute to the human spirit and to what women were able to. This should not even be celebrated if she was not a woman. But the fact that she is a woman during the 1950s and 60s, during the creation of NASA, which again was completely originated and staffed by fucking 20,000 Nazis that we completely boycotted the 40, 44 Olympics for, and she overcame all of that and created their mathematician program for, this woman is an incredible national treasure. It, not just national, a world treasure. And the fact that her name is not mentioned as commonly as MLK or, or, or Malcolm X or Rosie Parker is a travesty, an absolute travesty. She is a, an American icon. Exactly. I've I, I, I taken that. I was glad to stumble across the article um, because not only, like, like you were saying, uh, she's both a double minority. She's a woman of the age of when yeah. women were not respected as well as they are today. And they In the 50s. In the 50s, she was only a secretary, and it was her mathematical formula that was stolen from her. She did not become a part of NASA's space control until 1964, nine years after they stole her mathematical formula did they allow her on the control bridge to launch a satellite or launch, or, or launch uh, a rocket. Which, nine years right. afterward. Which again goes it, back. It, it's incredible. Which, again, goes back right. to our argument during Cooties about, like, you know, role models and everything else. Like, fuck Beyonce. Fuck Nicki Minaj. This is a person to fucking emulate after. This is a positive female role model. Go out, to, go out tomorrow and ask people if they know, ask ten people if they know your name and come back and tell me how many say yes. Right. No, I know. I guarantee it the answer is zero out of ten. And, right. that, and right. that's the travesty. That's the problem. That's the problem. Right, but <laughs> and, and that's the problem is that they won't know any of that, but they all know who Nicki Minaj is. Right, you know, someone who can just twerk and fucking looks hot ass and a fucking you know whatever. But this woman who created the entire mathematical algorithm that NASA has run on for fifty fucking years, it wasn't until thirteen years ago that they came up with a new equation that actually surpassed what she put on paper. It took it. 13 years ago, it's 2020. In 2007, they finally came up with a mathematical equation that surpassed what she did Back in the to 30s launch and rockets 40s. and put people on the moon. Right, well... And, that, and, I mean, that's just crazy. 
All right, and the means of groundbreaking, groundbreaking um, new new abilities and channels for women. You know, she was a groundbreaker there because she was one of the first women that they would have been in that position to be an engineer with NASA. And on top of that... She was the only woman right. in that position at that time. The only she, she's woman. a black woman on top of that. So that I'm sorry. This, other, this other thing that I found here on, uh, on USA Today is that Crayola now is launching boxes of crayons with diverse skin tones. And I thought that was real. Fuck yeah. Talk about <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with this, and I'll tell you why I don't agree with this. Not because I have any issue with anybody trying to get represented <laughs> on Crayola. No, but right this is my problem. This is my problem with trying to come up with, with <laughs> flesh tones and crayons. Does anybody remember flesh-colored Band-Aids? Nobody looked like those fucking Band-Aids. Okay, so I, I don't agree with the Crayolas only because of the fact that some somebody's going to look like their skin tone. Somebody's going to feel like this doesn't represent me. The color will exist. The the color will exist for a reason. That's why we have oranges. That's why we have pinks. That's why we have reds. That's why we have browns. All of these things exist for a reason, and and so does the color wheel. And the fact that they're able to like, the one thing that you cannot disagree on is no matter what blueberry or red berry or orange berry color you come up with, they all taste the same. That's the problem with Crayola. These motherfuckers. <laughs> These motherfuckers need to come up with a color that tastes like it should, not just everything tasting like the same thing. All right. right. That's the fucked up. First one they're going to release is Diarrhea Brown, and that's all you, brother. It's going to taste just like you want. <laughs> but no, no. Quite, quite honestly, that that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm all for the diverse skin tone colors. But the problem is, is the, the color in general, it, you know, as, as far as skin tone is concerned, is so diverse in so many different inflections that you get two brown people next to each other that to the naked eye look exactly the same. But if you try to make it a crayon, it's not going to represent one of them. And they're going to have a problem with it. Did you know the same that with white people, problem, just like white people, you, you know we got three white people sitting here talking right now. You got three white people sitting here talking right now. We're all Caucasian, but not a one of us that skin color look the same as the other two. You know what I mean? Did you know that if you go to a brothel, if you went to a brothel in Thailand, you would see at least 12 different colors of Taiwanese women? <laughs> That's my point. So it, it's crazy to try to come tones it's well, nuts here you guys i don't know if you guys can see this yeah i can um, see the this wheel this is the color i mean there is a, a plethora of colors here there is you know yeah. everything there is but and there's going to be blue. somebody there's going to be somebody that's yeah. in between that brown and kind of gray at the bottom bottom left there somebody's going to be being be going to be raising a fuss because they don't have that color or you know between the the pink, you know, in the up in the upper right, you know, somebody, somebody's, somebody's going to be left out, and that's the problem with calling did it I skin tone. Did I, well, did I see light charcoal on that color wheel? <laughs> did I see the color light charcoal on that color wheel? 
Uh, could be. Where in the fuck in the world do you have to be from to be light charcoal colored? <laughs> uh, I understand I brown. Know. I understand brown. I don't know about light charcoal, bro. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's somebody who uh, forgot to put some lotion you. on. That's for Uncle Travis. That's, he that's doesn't. Fucked up shit. That's a Star Trek character. Your light charcoal character, your your that's not for fucking Star Trek. That's man. not that's for crazy. all. That's not for all the skins. That's for Aunt. Uh, that's for Uncle Jarvis who never puts lotion on his knees. <laughs> Will put lotion. He gets the hose, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, light charcoal is fucked up. But this is this is a. Uh, their new line called Colors of the World Crayons, the company said in a statement, includes 24 new crayon designs for minor or mirror and, and represents over 40 different skin tones. I want to see a face. I want to see a picture next to every one of these colors. I want to see who the fuck is like charcoal. I'm going to be stuck on this for the next <laughs> fucking eight years until someone shows me. He's going to buy. He's going to buy a I box can't of take these. It. He he is. He's going to. can't take it. He's going to buy a box of these, <laughs> and then he's going to go into fucking Yahoo Images and just be putting it next to every close. I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it. <laughs> Show me something. There's light charcoal, you cocksuckers. There's no one. <laughs> no, I applaud. I applaud the idea. I applaud the idea. I just don't think it's. I just don't think it's going to represent everybody. Show me a person who looks like. Show me a person who looks like this. That's all I want to know. Like a corn. That's light charcoal. <laughs> I don't care. No, goddamn. <laughs> I didn't know athlete's foot was light charcoal. Show me, me that motherfucker, and then I'll believe you. Okay. <laughs> no, but like like I was saying, I I applaud the idea. I applaud the effort. I just I don't think I don't think it's humanly possible to come to come up with crayon for every single skin tone on the planet because there's going to be somebody who doesn't fall under that spectrum. And they're gonna feel left out, and they're gonna raise a fuss. It's gonna, it's gonna just, you know, frown on what they're trying to do. So I applaud the effort. But I don't, I don't think it's gonna work. Who am I? <laughs> Have you ever seen the mini series? It's called. Have you ever seen the uh, mini series? It's called Meat Eater. And uh, this guy, he goes out and he hunts, and whatever he hunts, he kills. And he goes into the Inuit area of uh, Alaska and North Canada. And he's in this village. And while they're sitting in this igloo around a fire, I shit you not, you see 17 different shades of tan and yellow. So how can you really come up with any kind of a color wheel that really encompasses all of it whenever you see just in one village? That's what I'm saying. That many variations of what's supposed to be the same skin tone, you know. That's what Chris was saying. Yeah, uh, I just don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of crazy. That's someone trying to really normalize or commercialize what mm -hmm. people are supposed to think. I think. Yeah, and I mean, I like I said, I applaud it because how many of us we have a Chinese friend we try to draw drawing of them in kindergarten, and the only thing we come up with is yellow. 
You know, that, that, of course that's insulting because Chinese people yellow. aren't actually yellow. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but at the same time, so I applaud the no, idea. Yellow. <laughs> right. And, and I, that's why I say I applaud the idea, but how do you really gr- color graft single skin tone on the planet and be able to make it fit for every person on the planet? Cause there's going to be some little boy or girl is going to be upset because he can't find his skin tone. You know what I mean? And you're still going to have the 38 same bullshit. versions of tan. 38 <laughs> versions of tan and we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> wait till they come out with the well, albino collection. versions of be- beige. That there you go. Wait wait until they come out with the uh, albino version where you take a a normal sheet of paper and make it white. Just give it pink eyes and <laughs> <laughs> You still have to use black to do the outline. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus, that's all right, though. What else you got, Colin? <laughs> we can't hear you. Can't hear you. No sound. No sound. No sound. I guess I have to edit this one a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. Nope. Yeah, you know what? Why don't they do that? Nope. I, didn't, didn't they try to do the sound? Didn't they try to do the, 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 the smell for crayons like they did with the magic markers? Remember that let's back in school? Remember let's, that? Let's all do jazz hands. There you go. <laughs> This part, this part of the podcast is for our deaf <laughs> listeners. Ahead, Chris. <laughs> this part of the podcast is for our deaf listeners. <laughs> but uh, no, you remember that? Like, <laughs> we'll go. We'll go ahead and go into the outro here. Then, uh, while while Colin figures out his uh, his issue here, of course, you know about checking out the video. And of course, again, guys, go check out the. Nurses Guild uh, for at-home nursing care. The description, uh, the information will be in the description down below. Real quick, because his microphone is not working. Just Colin Washburn on all the social medias if you want to speak to him, and then we'll over to Chris. And what's your f inge? Yeah, what's your F and binge? You can find it on any social media outlet. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn under what's your F and binge. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google, uh, Radiocast, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, everywhere. Just look up what's your F and binge and you'll find us. Uh, we have different columns every day. We have different questions every day. We have different videos every day. So check it out. All right, guys, and real quick before I go into my outro, I just want to wish uh, Serenity a speedy recovery. She is ill right now. She's waiting to find out what's going on. So uh, we wish her the best, and hopefully she'll be back next week with us. But until then, guys, I thank you for hanging out. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did in any capacity, hit that thumbs up button. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great podcasts, Realm of the Mist Entertainment, including the soon-to-release Realm of the Mist show which will be coming to you guys very very soon and as we're going through the daily show also go check out all the audio form podcasts including uh rebroadcasts of some of your podcasts of other affiliates of ours you 
Find us on Anchor.fm, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And of course, guys, you could talk to Realm of the Mist Enter- at Realm of the Mist uh, Entertainment gmail.com or on all social medias just look up realm of the mist entertainment guys i want to thank you all for hanging out with us and we will catch you on the next breaking the fourth wall weekly until next week hey what's up this is christopher stolly of realm of the mist entertainment the podcast you are listening to is part of the sj network go to s-j-network.com that's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and an able, ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family. Ladies and gentlemen, until then, enjoy the show.